Hey, welcome to the No Drinks in the Booth podcast. Back with another classic episode. As always, you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your podcast, and watch us on YouTube. Uh, as always, with me in the booth, I've got Pavan Saki, the man with the opinions and the man with the jokes, Chris Watson, resident househead and coffee lover, and holding it all together, myself, Wade Kadir. Uh, today, we've got a really big topic, mental health. But before that, we've got news, reviews. But how has everybody been? Chris? Good. Uh, I love how how life is slowly getting back to normal. Um, I myself are still keeping busy and kind of used now to like getting up at like 8am like a normal person and not being up until like 4 or 5am most nights of the week. I'm, I think I'm officially used to it and I kind of like it in a weird way. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's good, man. It's better than, uh, you know, it's, I think there's been some ups and downs this lockdown, but, uh, yeah, it's cool. Everything's good at the minute. Pav, let's talk about the real thing, mate. You did the first gig out of us three, didn't you? Yeah, I did. And I did actually do my first gig, DJ gig, uh, since March, uh, this Saturday just gone, all socials distanced at a pub. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was great. It was good. Just kind of like background music, uh, and loved it just actually playing music that real people were hearing not that streams yeah. aren't real people but you know what sorry I mean. guys j- j- just to explain for those of you guys that don't know what a gig is um it's like a live stream but there's actually people yeah. there <laughs> not not to a camera we used to do those i think some time ago it's a bit old school now yeah yeah it's crazy <laughs> Pav, what have you been up to i've had a good week um obviously our local club opened on saturday night so uh, I went there, had a few bevies with the boys. Um, otherwise, yeah, it's been pretty quiet. Just been playing a lot of five-a-side. And yeah, that's pretty much it. I've, I've had a bit of a quiet week. What about you, Wade? What have you been doing, mate? Uh, well, I've been uh, back at the gym. Now they're open and safe and stuff. That's been cool and achy. Uh Been right into the NBA like I normally am. And Pav, I'm sorry to say, the Bucks got eliminated yeah, yeah, they got we got we got absolutely bummed, but it was kind of like we knew it was going to happen after yeah. like game two. Yeah, so yeah. I was I was conce- I was conceded to the loss, and then when Janice got injured, I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, bye, poor old Janice. That's not compo. Uh, yeah, so the Bucks have gone. My Raptors that I wanted to win, they've gone. So let's get back. Oh, did they go as well? Yeah. Who did they lose to? Uh, Boston. Oh yeah. So let's get behind uh, the Lakers. So <laughs> LeBron and the Lakers. <laughs> uh, other than that, I did. Uh, to the club that you went to, I, I supplied one of the mixes. Um, I did yeah. that. What else have I done? That, that's been it. I did one of them as well. It yeah. was it was painful to do, and then my laptop crashed halfway through. Oh god! So I did the mix, and I was like forty five minutes in. Laptop just decided, basically the USB going into my mixer mm. just decided that it wasn't going to have any more of it. Just was a bit bored for ten minutes. It didn't want to work, so it just stopped. And then I was like, oh, beg, I hope it's saved the recording. Like by chance, it had like auto save. That's luck. Otherwise, I I would have been just oh, I would have just rage quit. <laughs> <laughs> like it was so bad, so annoyed. The joys of not DJing to people. Okay, <laughs> should we uh, should we move on? Let's get into the podcast properly. Should we get into news? Yo, let's go with the news. Let's get into insert news. jingle here. <laughs> yeah, insert jingle. Okay, big news this week. Uh, we spoke about what we thought Pioneer were bringing out last week. And I was completely wrong. I said they'd bring out like a CDJ 2500 or something. And they actually brought out the CDJ 3000. 
uh, equipped with all its beautiful screen and and pads and all this stuff they start at 2169 pounds um pioneer please send us some uh what's your yeah. thoughts chris i'm gonna start with you because you've got a full pioneer setup behind you and you have yeah. pa- pa- yeah. uses rain 12s and i use yeah. pioneers turntables so uh yeah yeah we're definitely covering all bases um yeah. just because yeah. chris is the only one that can afford them out of us three <laughs> afford Afford. You want to talk about Chris what is, we can afford Chris is in the this time of the group? I, I use the term afford loosely. Uh, yeah. You know, I have given money to get them, <laughs> but uh, whether that's money I should be spending, um, I'm going to say no. But you know what? We've done it now, and uh, we move. We move. Um, but yeah, I swear these uh, CDJs three thousands right. They came out of nowhere because the first, uh, obviously, us DJs, obviously us three, and some other guys. That we work with we will have a group chat and the first i heard about these cdjs was in that group chat yeah, and so i do follow like dj equipment and stuff i'm nerdy like that i always see what's coming out and what you know what's happening yeah and literally that was the first i heard about it and then literally a week later the cdj 3000s and not even like a minor pioneer product like they're kind of flagship what you like, see at all yeah. the clubs all the festivals suddenly is the world dropped flagship? out of nowhere so i don't know about you guys but i where did they come from like well how long have um, they been developing these for must have been obviously a while. In secret I mean, I, almost yeah I, I mean i was kind of maybe not right now because I, I think now's a bit of a shitty time to release them because nobody has any money mm. um but i have been saying for like a few months about about six months oh it's coming it's coming because it's like yeah they change it every four or five years and we were coming up to just over five years now so i was like they sort of need to like the last players were getting a bit out of date and the Denons have been making strides and so they needed something just to up it. Uh, I mean, when I saw them first, I was like, oh, well, this is shit. And then I was like, well, actually, what don't I like on the last players? And the only thing I don't like is the touchscreen. I thought the touchscreen was shit. Um, and the software, like the actual player is was a bit slow. Sorry. Yeah, the actual play was a bit slow. Yeah, so I just <laughs> mid fucking podcast. Word. Yeah, um, you may have cut that one out. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, the software was just really slow. Like I used Beat Jump a lot, and it was slow as shit. Um, so as long as that's fixed, I'm not really mad. It's good yeah, for me. Uh, yeah. I'll be, I'll I actually be, played. Sorry, wait, go on. Uh, I'll be honest. Uh, they are called a CDJ. They do not have a CD slot. It's USB and SD card Do you think only. if they had called it NXDJ, people would have gone mad and been like, oh, what are you getting rid of CDJs for? Uh, I think, look, I think keep the brand name. Obviously, people know the CDJ. It's a club industry standard. Um, the only issue I sort of have, no, it's not even an issue, is they've come out at a bit of an odd time when one, DJs yeah. aren't working and two, clubs and festivals aren't obviously open. With that being said, if it was a planned release like it is, it's obviously due to come out at this date, and it's just the fact that everything's going on around it. Um, yeah, look, I, I don't go crazy for CDJs. Do you think they'll be a? Do you think they'll be a really badly selling model just because they've come out at an awkward time? Uh, yeah, I don't think they will sell like the previous CDJs because obviously no club's going to buy them, no festivals going to buy them, no bars going to buy them, and let's face it, us DJs aren't working, so we don't really have. What? Yeah. One on their own of two thousand one hundred and sixty nine pounds. So Yeah, I don't have four grand like four grand just to like pull out yeah. my arms. The one thing Seriously. 
surely the yeah. only people that are going to buy these are going to be like the Coachellas or the you know the well, top festivals basically but they don't, the, they, the, the, the medium to major festivals and like super clubs of the world they're the ones that's going to buy them right uh, yeah but uh, I know the fest- DJs that do the festivals sorry right, go on the festivals don't buy them they hire them in yeah <laughs> so they won't obviously so the buy them companies that, n- be no hire company. company will no hire company will buy them because uh, everyone's got sitting stock for the last six months and also rent and also staff to pay so they're like, oh yeah, I could buy some CDJs for my. They only buy them for no one buys them because they're like DJs and they hire a little bit. Like there's only a couple of people who do that. The majority of them buy them because they have to hire them with their ten million pound sound systems. Yeah. So it's like it's kind of pointless. I'd like like that. They wouldn't just buy them. Uh, I know a few DJs that do buy them. I've got a friend who's bought some. Um. But he's bought them to resell them because uh, he knew there was going to be no stock. So he got his order in early. Uh, but he's keeping a pair. So I'm waiting for him to come to Birmingham so I can try them. Um, I think the only DJs that buy them, uh, I know Joe, Joe Jackson, he always buys his as soon as they come out. Which kind of makes sense. Because then when he gets rid of them, when the next one comes out, it's like five years. So it's sort of like... There's, there's a bit of method to the madness. Otherwise, um, I don't think I'm going to see one for about two and a half years. I think if they'd brought out maybe like a, um, like I use the Pioneer PLX 1000 turntables and I, I really, really enjoy using them. Uh, if they brought out maybe an update to that or maybe something that wasn't their flagship product, there'd be a buzz, yeah. but people would understand it. I think because this is their flagship product for the clubs and festivals, Look, it's industry standard. I think the issue is um, we're sort of all like a year behind. <laughs> so yeah, no one was really like, oh God, when a Pioneer bringing out their new CDJ. Look, yeah. respect to Pioneer because the technology is great. I can't wait to try them. But yeah, the timing just seems off, but it's obviously a planned release. So yeah, a bit annoying. Yeah. What can you do? Yeah. You, are you allowed to go to the shop and try them? Is that a thing? No. You can't go to like uh, so the DJ equipment store that's not near me, but the one I go to, they have a huge demo room, huge. Yeah, it's like a warehouse basically. Of likewise, mine's the same. Yeah, of all equipment, and that is shut. <laughs> you can oh, you can go and you could view and have a look at it, could, but you can't like. Oh, can I just no, do a ten minute mix? No. Oh, that's sad. Uh, and they will take you around to look at them, like, and make sure you don't touch them. So basically. Uh, music equipment has basically become like selling a car. Yeah, it's like yeah. Oh, let me take you around. This one's a seven nine nine nine, including VAT. Well, there is a there is a really good review of them um, by Mojax from uh, DJ City UK. Um, you should check. Legend. You should check it out if you want to know more about the Pioneer CDJ three thousand. Shout out to Pioneer because their products are always good quality and the club standard. Let's move on. Okay, the next okay. one is sort of the headline that has been. Rule in the last week, it's Boris Johnson and the government bringing in the rule of six, which means yeah. you can only meet six people. You can only have six people in your household. Um, so for most people, that's zero people because you mostly got a family of five or six. Uh, now, do we think this is to try and prevent illegal raves slash house parties slash parties slash people not following the rules because Dominic Cummins didn't follow the rules type stuff? Uh, thoughts? Because obviously it's a big thing for us. Well, 
just want to let everyone know firstly that this podcast is now changing to no politicians in the booth <laughs> it's a new segment that we're <laughs> that we have this has become a thing um i don't think it's going to kill illegal raves because they were hardly the most law-abiding citizens anyway like it's kind of yeah. yeah. <laughs> like do you know what I mean? Like they were illegal before coronavirus, yeah. so like now's not making a difference. Yeah, true. And like, I don't think it's going to stop that because, I mean, you could only have thirty people, and I don't know about you guys. I've not seen a rave with thirty people. Uh, yeah, I think I, it's going to stop the house party. I, I think it's more aimed There's for a house, lot parties, of house parties. Yeah, there's been a lot of house parties that I have seen, and I'm like, I mean, there's thirty people. There's definitely not social distancing, which there is sort of still supposed to be, but it's not. So I can understand it. Um, it just feels all a bit shithousery. You know, every time the government does something, I don't know how you guys feel. I feel like every time they do something, like, it will never look good. Like, every time they do something, I'm like, oh, but so-and-so did this or... But you've just, like, everyone's like, oh, well, you've just told us to go out and eat for a month and a half. Yeah. Because it's half price. And now you're like, oh, well, actually, can you still sit in your houses again now? Like, that's what we're feeling like. It's like you're on the naughty step, but you don't know what you've done wrong. I think what the government's doing is they're basically trying to limit contact between people where they can. So they have to let the schools go back because schools and education is like essential for the economy. So they're going to lose money there. They have to. Sorry, just to cut you. Have you seen how many schools have shut since coronavirus? So I imagine like, a few. So I've many. Not really, I've not so, been following it that closely, but obviously I, I, mean, heard, dad, I saw the headline in September yeah, when they I've, came back. I've, a lot. I know a lot of schools, like there's, I don't know, maybe 10 local primary and secondary schools around my house and six of them are already shut. Crazy because if thing. one person, so, so my dad works at a school yeah. and someone in another classroom had Corona and he walked in the classroom and then walked out like five seconds later. And so he's at home. On a on a self quarantine. Oh, interesting. Okay, so it's okay, like cool. yeah. So it's like it's like proper weird. So like yeah. cutting years. So it's been a bit mad. But well, I was just saying that uh, obviously the schools, obviously summer's been taken back, but that was the headline. Schools are back. Have to have schools back. They're not limiting number at pubs and venues because no. they need them for the economy. Yep. Um, yeah. So I think, in my opinion, this is where people are getting a little bit twisted, where they're confused because they're like, you know, why? are you limiting six people in houses, but then not six people in like, obviously at a table in like a pub, but obviously in the actual space, things like Tesco's as well, limiting numbers in Tesco's is because they can't afford, the economy can't afford to limit those spaces, but they can limit households because it's no cost to the economy or minimal cost. It's yeah. just social yeah. occasions. No money's being made. You know, it's, it's, you see that's why. So I can see why they've done it. Um, yeah, I think th- I think maybe my issue with it is obviously the whole Dominic Cummings thing was never. I think oh, he- mate. I think that didn't help the public opinion because why is it that you're doing one thing but you're telling us to do another? The other thing that I'll put out, for, I'm going to use my brother uh, stepbrother as an example, is he is at college. He flat out says no one social distances at college once they get out of the classroom. No, no one wears masks once they get out of the classroom. But, but look, you can't stop them, the kids. Uh, he then goes to work and he has a public facing job where he has people in, out, in, out, in, out, in, out constantly that he doesn't obviously know. Um, and then they're saying, oh, but don't meet up with your mate at the weekend. So he's a bit like, hang on, I have to go to college where I could get it. I have to work where I could get it. But you're telling me I can't meet my one friend. 
Well, that's the thing. But th- <laughs> I think that's that's. But that's the thing. I, in my opinion, that's where some people. You can see how it doesn't make sense at first yeah. glance. But then, obviously, that's the thing. He could get it at, at college. Let's pray he doesn't. But yeah. you know, he could get it at college, or he could get it. Uh, if you said at work and just by having households mixing that's a third way he could get it and obviously that way needs to be taken out any way like that I think you know let's get let's remove the risk that's what the government's doing I think his whole thing is so my friend can't come into my house and Mm. I can't go into his house which is fine but we can legally go to the pub or a restaurant so that's like where I'm a bit like obviously I understand the economy part but it's Mm. it's 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 complicated and it just doesn't I think it doesn't seem very well thought out that's the only yeah. issue the only caveat i can give is um i will say probably at pubs although yeah it's still six people on a table generally like the social distancing and the hand sanitizing and stuff is a bit more uh well not a bit more it's like uh it's more thorough like this actual sort of regulation there'll be someone saying oh please don't sit there like i i, I went out on saturday and uh we i had a friend there was like talking to them like in the middle of our two tables and then someone came up straight i was like you kind of can't do this yeah uh, so i had to sit down so i can sort of understand it from there but it's kind of what i'm saying like there's so much reverse engineering in this it's just bollocks like well, it's, it's just it's, that in terms of real terms a person may go to the pub and they may or may not let's just say hug someone and and they get yeah. the virus and they may yeah. or may do that in the pub and they need the pubs for the economy. But yeah. if you then say you want to see that next person tomorrow at their house, and obviously you're not allowed to do like, that now, yeah, nah. but let's say you could, and you didn't hug them at the pub, but you went to their house and hugged them, that's another, that, and then you get the virus. So that it's like, yeah, can you see? Bollocks. That's why they're doing it. It's just removing more think, opportunities for the virus to spread. I think, where basically, they I think basically the problem we have is our government are assholes. <laughs> well, I think one of the issues- I think it's pretty but, simple. I think one of they're just assholes. I think that's it. Sorry, Wade. Go and carry on. I'm done. <laughs> I think one of the issues is that it's obviously different in Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland and England. They've all got their own slightly different roles. So obviously, yeah. um, I know I can't remember which one it is, but one of them you can have eight people, and kids under twelve doesn't don't count as um, towards it. I don't know why. So obviously, for example, if you had a family of four two adults two children and you, you had the grandparents round you'd actually only have four people technically in the household because the kids don't care stuff like that i think it obviously does not help uh my whole thing is hurry up and get the clubs back open because i'm running out of money thanks you Boris. know what talking about yeah. that so this is one thing that's really fucking me off of this last well, like, pa- week well, and a half have, don't hold back <laughs> Oh, oh, Paul, I mean, now that you've said it, (laughs) one thing that's really fucking basic, I said something to my dad at the beginning of lockdown and I was like, you know, if they want to open stuff up, I was like, they need to do this. And then literally last week, Boris was like, oh, we're thinking about doing this. And basically I was like, what we should do is we should get like, uh, like if you want to go out or like you want to go to the club so you can open the clubs early or like do any sort of festival events or whatever. I was like, everyone should take a coronavirus test and you should get like a little license or like something like an like ID a freedom that, can pass be stamped, thing, yeah. that can be stamped and be like, oh, well, you've got it. Oh yeah, well, I got tested on Wednesday. It's valid for, I don't know, let's say two weeks or something. Mm. Oh yeah, well, I got this done on Wednesday. So I'm going out on Saturday. Here you go. I'm corona free. Let me get into the club, please. Um, and then literally 
Boris Johnson was like last week, oh yeah, well, we're thinking about doing Corona event passports. And I was like, you guys get paid to do this? Like I have a degree. I'm, I'm like an okayly smart person. Like, but I just chat shit with my friends about music every Monday and <laughs> like play a, and play a couple of songs. And I thought of this six months ago. Like, yeah, come on, mate. It, I think the worrying thing is obviously these politicians get paid a lot of money to come up with these policies. And sometimes they come up yeah. with them a year later than yeah. us general yeah. public. Uh, okay. We're, we're just sitting here chatting shit about be young <laughs> and then trying to do it. We well, do both jobs, mate. Don't use the way you are chatting shit about be young. <laughs> don't drag me or Chris every, into every, it. Every week, every week I look at the reviews, the tracks are going to be reviewing and I just and like, I just, I just like say a little prayer for be young. Like, I hope you're not on there. I hope oh, you're not God. on there, my friend. You're okay. in trouble. Right. Let's move on. The last um, headline from the news, because the news was very slow this week. And why not finish it mm. with Cardi B and Meg the Stallion? WAP is number one for the second week running in the UK chart. Wow. Mm. How things have changed. You can't have your friends around, but WAP is number one in the charts. Um, thoughts? <laughs> Oh, thanks for that. Sorry, how is that link way? <laughs> yeah, I'm confused. That, that, Sorry, yeah, explain that, yeah. that one. I'm confused. Well, you want to do a TikTok dance to it, do it in a group, but as long as there's no more of six of you. Oh, because you're saying the song's a TikTok song, which encourages social interaction because you need to create a little dance group to do like shuffle yeah, or whatever just, it is. Let's just yep. brush past this. Yep. I don't think it was Wade's finest style and I don't think that he thought about it until about three seconds ago when he said the sentence. Well, <laughs> look, I'm not being funny. I'm the, yeah, only, 100%. I'm the only one that presents the news. WAP is number one for the second week. <laughs> Run in and don't have six yeah. people in your ass. So uh, th- yeah. thoughts on WAP being number one for the second week in the UK chart? Go on, Chris. Ooh. Yeah, I think the song goes in. I, I've heard... Some people are hating. Yeah. I'm assuming they're over 40 years old. Sorry, but I'm assuming they are. Whoa. Oh, I know. Sorry. That sounded a bit Whoa. harsh, but Come on, you know mate. what I'm getting at. So the song is hard. I mean, you, it's, it's just quality. So I, I don't really I've see. I've really grown. I love the tune now. I hated it when we did the review. Yeah, it's got, it's got, a, lot of attitude. It's got a lot of attitude in it. It's just sick. Because I listened to it the first time and I was like, oh fucking what's this but i listen to it now and then when you hear that sample i'll just get gas yeah Yeah. the frank ski whores in the house sample the fact that i know that that's an actual sample now makes me feel way better about the song oh yeah like i was listening to it and i was like yo this is sick the only thing is i just interesting thing i've been thinking about you know when i love it lil pump and kanye came out and that was like mm. shocking. They were like, oh my God, these lyrics, they're shocking. Yeah. This is like crude. Oh my God. Yeah. And now if that came out now, that wouldn't be that shocking. And now WAP's come out and it's like, wow, this is shocking. Like this is, this is like, whoa, you know, but now this is out. So what's next? Like how extreme can like the lyrics get? Well, Chris, we're all waiting for your number one hit record. That's going to shock next, the world next week. Oh, really? That's uh. what my, my version of WAP or yeah. something similar to WAP. Yeah. Um, you're going to do a version of... Mate, when's think? the white label WAP remix coming oh. out? <laughs> yeah, it's going to have me rapping on it. Um, really? No, we're going <laughs> to no, no, hold you no, to this. Not. Okay. No, it's not. Oh, I mate. I want to see... You've, you're already holding... If you can just get the XLR and just wrap it around your finger yeah. so that you can drop some bars, like Radar Radio style. Yeah. So, so you said next week your WAP remix will come out. So we record on the 14th of September. So that'll be the 21st of September. So we're going to actually hold you to this. 
Oh, mate, I want to hear bars. Better I'm start, ready. I better start writing bars already. You better start practicing firing <laughs> the booth. Okay, that is the news done this week because not much has happened. Cheers, Pioneer. Yep. Send us your stuff. We love you. Boris, go fuck yourself. And WAP, number one, second week in yeah. a row. Uh, let's get to reviews. Awake a summary summary of this week. I love it. Yeah, yeah, basically. I thought I was blunt, but apparently uh, someone's taken my crown here. Well, <laughs> well, right, let's get to reviews since you've all listened to the track. First track up is Simba Features KSI oh, Wait, wait don't, don't forget You can listen to the tunes With us Spotify and YouTube Actually Listen to them And while we're talking Do them together Yeah Makes more sense Yeah yeah, like Pav said, you can listen to all the tracks we talk about on our Spotify playlist and our YouTube playlist and listen to them with us. Tell us what you think. Leave comments. Talk to us on social media. You know, tell us how much of twats we are or whatever. Um, <laughs> so the first much. track is by Simba, features KSI, and the track is called Loose. Pav? I don't like it. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> That's it and I'm done. <laughs> there, you, you've got to give it a rating, so you're not. We um, need your drinks rating. I listened to it and I was like, it just sounds like they're trying to copy like that young T and Bugsy style, like that uh, don't rush, strap me a pose mm. style. Um, but you're not young T and Bugsy because they're immensely talented and these guys just didn't quite hit that mark. Um, so it's a two out of five for me. Okay, Chris? Yeah, same as Pav, young T and Bugsy, wicked. I do like this track though. It still makes me laugh a little bit because I've been a KSI fan since he was making FIFA yeah, videos. Mate. It makes me laugh a little bit when I hear like on these tracks, especially with someone like Simba, he's kind of like quite posh sort of accent, like trying to do the Jamaican thing. I don't know. It kind oh, of like makes mate, me chuckle a little bit. It's just a bit cringy still for me on cringe. these records. But um, the beat's hard and, and Simba's uh, really good. And big shout out to KSI. I was a fan of his for, you know, back yeah. in back in the day, watching him uh, yeah. do FIFA championships. So division one. F- I'm going to give it, do you know what? I'm going to give it four out of five drinks. Really? That's generous. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the beat's cool and, and Simbo is cool. Okay. Um, the Basically, you and I agree with what you said, Pav, except for I agree with it absolutely none because I'm giving no, it two more No, I agree with the you. Young Team Bugsy thing. I think it's... <laughs> I'm not surprised people are trying to emulate Young Team Bugsy because they are wicked. So, so good. Mm. Okay. My thoughts right. on Simba featuring KSI track is loose. Um, I agree with... Both Chris and Pav, both of you on the Young T and Bugsy thing. Uh, I really like the song. I'm not a fan of KSI on it. I just, yeah, I'm just not feeling KSI on it. You agree with what I'm saying? It's a little bit cringe, I think. Yeah, yeah, it is a little bit. Um, But I really like Simba. Rover was obviously a number one and a banger. And I think this would have been better without KSI. Mm. Um, It gets a three. If they took KSI off it, it might get a four. So... I don't know. Oh, it wow. would have been better without KSI, unfortunately. Sorry, KSI. Okay, let's move on. David Guetta featuring Sia. The track is called Let's Love. Uh, Chris, you can start with this. Yeah, really enjoyed this one. It sounds a lot like Blinding Lights, The weekend. I guess this is a trend. Some of the artists I've been producing yeah. for, they've been coming to me saying, I want to make songs like Blinding Lights. You know, this kind of same, I think it's like 170 something BPM with uh, 80 yeah. sounds. That double time. Literally, I've yeah. had like two or three of these tracks in the last couple of weeks and obviously David Guetta has actually got the major major label on his side and now he's put this track out but it's good so I like the track and it's, I'm actually going to give it another four out of five drinks I'm okay. generous today I'm being generous Pev oh wow you're just throwing drinks out today mate aren't you it's crazy fuck you know um, well I better bring you all back down to- no I'm joking <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I listened to it um, I liked it yeah first thing again picked up on the 
the disco-y 80s double time style, um, which I do like. I think it's nice. Um, I wasn't like a huge, huge fan of the tune, so I gave it a three. Yep. Um, I thought oh, it's like, still feels slightly generic. Don't know about you guys. Um, but I also thought, gonna make a shit ton on advert royalties, because I'm like, this is gonna be on like a premiere in advert or some shit. Like, <laughs> john lewis or wait like something's yeah. gonna pick this up for an advert mm. or like the beginning like a film trailer or something i just feel like it's a perfect song for that so mm. maybe he made it knowing that he's gonna make that money okay but did you give it a three yeah i gave it a three mate okay let's love david getter featuring sia um i completely agree with the disco 80s uh nostalgia feel to it sounds very aha the weekend blinding lights type thing um I gave it a three as well. I'm not crazy on it, but I don't really hate it. I like the nostalgic feel. And you're definitely right. It's going to make a uh, lot, lot, lot of bank on ads. Uh, let's move on. Okay, let's move on. Mr. Easy and Major Laser featuring Nicki Minaj and Como. Uh, Camo. It's weird, this one. How do you say it? It's like with a four. It, it's so K4MO. Formo. I'm going to say Camo. So Mr. Easy, Major Lazer, Nicki Minaj and Camo. The track is called Oh My God. Uh, Chris. Yeah. Vibe. Enjoyed a lot. Major yeah. Lazer. Wicked. Uh-huh. So I keep I keep giving out fours. I need to change it. I'm going to give it a three out of five. Wicked track. Okay. What? Just because you don't want to give out another four? No, no, no. Yeah. But I can't. <laughs> the track's really good. So it's definitely a three. So you saying that Let's Love is a better song than this song? Yeah. Just to confirm. You know, sometimes like you say things on this podcast and you can't take them back. I've already given my ratings. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay I've already given my ratings well, now. I can't well, go back. Well, that's kind of sad. It's kind of sad because I gave it a four. Ooh. I feel better just a, You're giving it a four, so I feel better. It's, it's just a good rhythm, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's just a proper rhythm. Like, and the chorus is banging. Um, and like major laser music's just always good. Like very rarely do they have a bad sound. Even if it's not commercially successful, they never really have a bad song. So yeah. the production, five, maybe yeah, probably because they change every seven minutes. Like they've had more lineups than the Sugar Babes at this point. But I love it <laughs> if the tunes are good. Yeah, Dip Diplo is still present, so it's still technically major laser, I suppose. Uh, so he's still making the money. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, oh my God. Uh, I gave it a four as well. It is a absolute banger. I really like it. Um, I love the whole, I love Major Lazer and everything Diplo really does with that. Um, the features are really cool. Mr. Easy, yeah, I get that. Nicki Minaj uh, is a obviously go-to for them sometimes. And uh, Camo, really like that as well. So yeah, it gets a four. It's a proper feel-good vibe. It's a good vibe. Okay, moving on. Steflon Don, the track is called Move. Pav? I feel like I might have missed this one. I'm not going to lie. Go to, go to Chris. I feel like it's somewhere else. <laughs> okay. Oh. Yeah. Chris? Oh, I'll, I'll take it. it. I'll sweep in from here. I'll, I'll salvage it. Um, yeah, Wicked Track. Steflon Don is hard. Like, yeah. she's got bars. Uh, and she, like, looks wicked. The videos are wicked. Yeah, it's just, it's quality. So I'm going to give it another four out of five. Uh, I, just, I just want to point out that I uh, didn't listen to this one because it wasn't on the Spotify playlist. Oh. Oh, I thought you were about to say it wasn't on Spotify. I was like, Oh, no, it's what? definitely it's on Spotify. I watched the so, video um, on uh, YouTube and a uh, wicked video. So, as so well. we'll just pretend that I've listened to it. Yeah, yeah. Steph London, lovely. Well, you've said it now. Three. 
<laughs> Shh, no one knows. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm putting uh, Wade on the burners here because it wasn't in the playlist. Well, I do send over notes every week, so, you know. Check the notes. Oh, no. Okay, I'll go on this one. Pav is a pass because uh, he hasn't listened to it. Uh, Stefan Don move. Yeah, he gets a four from me. I, I don't think there's any track Stefan Don's done I don't like. And this is another one. She is good. Yeah, it's it's, it's sick. I could definitely see myself playing it in a venue near you when uh, the clubs can open. Moving on, Petite Biscuit. The track is called Driving Through the Night. Chris? Yeah, uh, as I'm sure you can expect, it's a bit of me, this one. Really like the chords. And this song is perfect for, believe it or not, driving through the night in mm-hmm. your car. It's made for that. And it... Does what it says on the tin. Really nice track. Really cool artist name as well, Petite Biscuit. That's yes. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I've actually listened yeah. to some stuff by Petite Biscuit before. I can't name any tracks, but I remember I was like, wow, really nice. Melodic, nice chords. Yeah, four out of five for me. This is because this is a bit of me, this track. Okay. Pev? Um, yeah. Um, I gave it a three out of five. Um, it was all right. Uh, nothing particularly special for me, um, but also didn't really have any complaints with the song. Just didn't vibe too much to it, so gave it a three. Okay, gave it a three. Okay, my thoughts on driving through the night, Petite Biscuit. Is the track called Sunset Lover, Chris, that you're thinking of? Is That that there? rings a bell. That yeah, rings I, th- a bell. I think that's one of their former tracks that's quite well known. Yeah. Uh, I really like driving through the night, and I actually listened to it while I was driving at night. So, wow. Couldn't have put that was amazing. Two, two and two was, together. Journey. I we've been on a journey. <laughs> In it, yeah. uh, it gets a four. It's yeah, I really like it. I'd play it. I, I think it's a proper, proper good groove in it. Okay, moving on. Dizzy Rascal featuring Smoke Boys. The track is called "At Like You Know." Pav, um, I had to go for the. I had to draw for the the half drink on this one. It's Ooh. the only one. It's the only one today. I've given it a three and a half. Okay. And it would have been a... F- I couldn't give it a three because I thought it was better than a lot of the threes I'd heard because Dizzy's verse is hard. Like, this is what when we were talking about his tune the other week. Yeah. Um, And we were saying like, it's this weird old school, new school divide, but it doesn't quite sit properly. He's redeemed himself because this one is good. Like, this is a good tune, a uh, good beat and like, I was trying to give it a three and I was like, it just doesn't feel right. But then I thought Smoke Boys, obviously, formerly Section Boys. Yeah. They were just, oh, I just feel like they're just on the track because he wants to sell a few more copies. Yeah. And no other reason. I feel like this, I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you which artist should have been on that instead. No one. But not them. Okay. So yeah, three and a half. Fair enough. Chris? Yeah, really like the track. We were saying last week or the week before, Dizzy dropped that grime track. Can't remember the name of it now. Uh, and I love, was like, "Love, live, uh, life, love, yeah. something like that." And I yeah. was like, "It'd be amazing to hear Dizzy on some new modern beats." This is a modern beat. It's a drill beat, and he goes in on it. So it's just so nice to hear. So it's going to be a three out of five for me. Okay, at like you know, Dizzy Rascal featuring Smoke Boys. It gets a four from me. I will back Dizzy all the way because we are both from the same area. Oddly enough. And he's the first grime MC that I ever listened to and got into. And I think he absolutely kills this track. Kills it. Uh, the Smoke Boys feature, I'm not crazy on it, but it fits. Uh, I just think I'd have loved to hear the track just dizzy. Like, so four out of five from me. Okay, 
moving on let's get into some dancey stuff shift key the track yeah. is called do me no good chris you are our resident dance house electronic aficionado you can start oh that was a big word yeah <laughs> when it comes to shift key he is one of in terms of that high res like big wide amazing sound he's one of, like the best producers mm-hmm. and back in the day i used to listen to his remix of uh, luna george and um there was a track called i know that was huge uh-huh. i think it even charted um really did, good yeah. producer the production here is great it's not quite to my taste of like house and electronic music uh i like kind of the more the groovy stuff but yeah it's it's a good track so i'm gonna go four out of five big shout out to shift key pav um i gave it a two um because again I've, i kind of agree with you like it does sound good uh, and it sounds clean and like you said, it's very like, wide sound. Like it's, sound, it's full sounding. Mm. But the groove and the melody for me just felt far too generic. Like it was almost like, guys, like, you know, if I'm going to sit in the, like, can you, like, I'm going to sit in the studio and make this house beat and then that's it. It's done. And that's just kind of what it felt mm. like. Mm. It felt like a, like a generic loops package kind of thing. Mm. Um, so yeah, two. Okay. Shift key. Track's called Do Me No Good. I gave it a three. Um, I really like it. I think it's funky. I like Shift Key. I like all the Shift Key stuff pretty much. I don't mm. think he's had a bad release that I know of. Um, I like it because I feel like this is maybe his foot in the door again of seeing what like what else he's going to bring out. And if he's, if this is the start, I don't think it's a bad start at all. So it gets three from me. Okay, mm. moving also, on. Also, just to point out, I, d- I did do a gig with him and he wasn't a particularly nice person. So that's also a caveat for me. Oh, okay. But, but yeah. <laughs> he's brought, oh, God. Just him, add another. So we've got B Young on the list. Like just, now, Wade, we've got to add another one list. to the list. And I've got oh, Shift God. Key. Poor, poor you should, guy. You should hear what I say to our regulars. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> okay, moving on to House Legends, Armin Van Helden and Reva Star. The track features Charlene Hector and it's called Step It Up. Uh, Pav, you can start with this one. Let me get it up. Sorry. <laughs> I got real stop. Um, really, really like this song. Mm hmm. Um, I just listened to it and I was like if I'm looking for house music and that dancey music that's what I want to hear um, vocal was cool summary anthem can't really complain nothing that like, I don't really like on it so yeah 4 out of 5 nice Chris now we're talking now we've got a record in the reviews really good Wicked yeah. chords, hook, All the other groove. ones are just songs. This one's a record. This one's a record. You've got to describe a track like this as a record. And absolutely love this one. I'm going to give, I think, my first ever half rating. I'm going to go for 4.5 out of 5. Oh, I'm reluctant to give the four and a halves. It just feels a bit shit-housery. I've just gone for it this time. I think that's my first <laughs> one, though, Wade. I think that was my first one. So yeah, yeah. I'm... Me. Step it up. I'm Van Helden and Reva Star featuring Charlene Hector. Uh, he gets five from me. I really like it. Oh, is that your first five? Uh, I don't think it's my first five, but it's my first five for a long time. Uh, nice. Armin Van Helden is an absolute house legend. He's also half of Duck Souls. Reva Star is an absolute tech house legend. Uh, and I really like the vocals. I like the chords. It's you. There's nothing on the track I change. So why that's why it doesn't get. Anything lower than a five. Uh, so, yeah, it's got its first five, really. So, yeah. moving on, Kid Echo and Sean Lee. The track is called Fear It. Chris? Yeah, big fan of this record. Mm-hmm. Heard it earlier when it 
earlier in the week when it first came out. I shouted out on my Instagram and Twitter and yeah, really nice record. Kadeko, really good producer. I love Kadeko because he's got that fine line between kind of house records and roots, but also that high quality, like mainstream wide sound, really well produced, big. And yeah, this is just a happy, feel good track. Um, I'm definitely going to be downloading it um, for some of the live streams I'm doing coming up. So it's going to be a four out of five for me. Pev? Um, I give it a three. Um, it was all right. Um, it wasn't anything special for me, um, but it was decent. So I couldn't really give it a two. Like it, it was more of a, this is okay, but there's nothing about it that's shit. It was just all right. So yeah, three. Okay. Uh, Kid Echo and Sharnay tracks called Feel It. It gets a four from me. Uh, I really like it. Sonically, it's very pleasing which are big words. Uh, but yeah, it's, you're right, Chris, uh, Kid Echo really knows how to uh, step the line. And I really, mm. really dig his productions, really like this, it's really high quality. Um, to be honest with you, it it was very close to getting a five. I really like it, but it just, just fell a bit short. Um, but I'm mm. excited to see some new tracks from him. Okay, moving on, Flavor D, the track's called Desert Lights. Pav? Um, kind of again, sort of the same sort of thing for me. Um, I gave it a three cause I try and add, but like when I do my reviews, I try and say, okay, I'll start at a three. If there's anything I don't like, I take away. And if there's anything I'll, I like, I'll add, um, mm-hmm. didn't particularly hate anything on it. Didn't particularly love anything. So it was, I gave it a three again. Okay. Chris. Yeah. Really exciting hearing Flavor D produce drum and bass, having gone from grime then to house mixed in between. There's been some, you know, different records over the years, but mainly, garage um grime garage house and now to drum and bass liquid i think you could class this as a liquid drum and bass really well done i mean flavor d is just like amazing so like it's gonna be well done so another four out of five for me on this one good record yeah i agree with you i really like um the step into this whole liquid drum and bass scene i think it bangs i think it's a really well made mm. track um all of the Flavor D productions I've ever listened to or played have always been really, really well made. Uh, and this is no exception. So it gets four from me. I'd like to hear more drum and bass from Flavor D and see where that goes. Okay, moving on. Big Afrobeat star DeVito. He's back with his new track. It's called Femme. Pav? Not for me. Don't oh. like it. Oh. Ooh. So two out of five. Oh, I just... Uh, God. It just was... Uh, like, I don't mind that style of music. I'm not a huge biggest fan of it, but I'd like I'll listen to it and uh, there is tunes that I like in that style. I just listened to it and I was like, mm, nah, just nah. I didn't vibe with it at all. So I have to give it a two. Chris? Yeah, it's a really nice uplifting tune. It's quite like melodic and uh, the video is really cool as well. Yeah, it's, it's good. I'll give it a three out of five. It's good. Yeah, again, I agree with you. I gave I gave it a three out of five. I really like Davido's tone. I love Davido's voice. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, he's he's got a really good flow, and he the tone of his voice I think is is, is like exceptional. So it gets a three out of five for them. Okay, moving on. Young boy never broke again, featuring the legendary Little Wayne. The track is called My Window. I will start with this one. Uh, this gets a five from me. Uh, I'm uh, this is my like thing. Yeah, little oh, Wayne. Oh, li- um, hold, 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 hold me till last, mate. Trust me. Oh, really, uh, little Wayne yeah. is is goat oh, to me always and forever. Uh, I really like Wayne's verse on it. 
if Wayne weren't on it, it wouldn't get a five, by the way. Uh, it would get a four. But because Wayne is on it, it gets a five. Chris? Yeah, obviously, you know, kind of uh, with this kind of music, you know, we're, we're back in the in the world of auto-tune and all this kind of stuff, uh, which doesn't always do it for me, you know. Um, but Young Boy Never Broke Again. Chris, I've heard can you stop tiptoeing about... Um, stop tiptoeing about his uh, Wade's heart. Just stump on it already. So I'm not stumping. Carry on. I'm just. Pat, let me give my full review. I'll get it. I'll get it done very concisely, very very quickly. Um, yeah, he somehow he has this whole auto tune thing going on, like a lot of these guys do. But he kind of delivers it so well. I don't know what really. Yeah. Maybe it's the tone of his voice and just the way he delivers the 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 bars, but. Young Boy Broke, Never Broke Again. It kind of, I don't know, he's just got this weird thing where he kind of makes this whole auto-tune thing work. And it's got Lil Wayne in it. Obviously, legend. So, yeah, I'm going to get a three out of five. It's good. Three out of five drinks for me. Okay. Pav? In my humble, humble opinion, um, I believe that this song is precisely what is wrong with hip-hop, which is why it's got a one out of five from me. (laughs) I was just listening to it and I was like, I mean, first of all, don't know what he's saying, which is fine because sometimes you don't know what mans are saying and it's cool. One thing I really hate with rappers, um, the auto-tune thing I don't particularly like, mainly because I don't think many people do it well. Um, Like, if it's not T-Pain level or better, don't use it because you're probably making it sound shit. Like, auto-tune something that you can make sound very shit very quickly. Um... The other one is, I, I really don't like what I found when I was listening to it. I really don't like when rappers try and put too many words into their bars and then they're almost sort of like over saying and over pronouncing stuff. Um, like Lil Baby. Yeah, that kind of stuff. I don't like that. I would rather, like one of the reasons, and I know I'm going to like use this example and it's not the same thing at all. One of the reasons why Drake is so, so good is he lets the words breathe a little bit. Mm-hmm. it's the reason a lot of the time it's what you don't say or fit in with the beat and that kind of thing and I really didn't like it on this yeah, song it's like, the song really, right, it's, the, it's the right and the lyrics um, I really you, really didn't like it if you, do you know Young Boy Never Broke Again though Pav do you not think he like he has got this whole auto-tune, guy, auto-tune thing going on but do you not think he like delivers it kind of in a way that I've not heard in like a lot of rappers over in the States I don't know what do you think do you like do you like him as an artist I've, I've, I'm going to caveat this also with the fact that I've never listened to his music ever before. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's worth okay. it. He kind of delivers I, it quite, yeah. quite interesting. But obviously well. I do always blank canvas everything and I just go on pres- on just the tune. Mm, uh, yeah, yeah. Like whatever I feel when I listen to the tune at the time. I just did not like it at all. So mm. uh, yeah, this is the end of uh, No Drinks in the Booth <laughs> as we know it, guys. See you later. Have a good time. Well, I think, I think this is the first track with like ultimately had like across the board someone hates it someone loves it and someone sort of doesn't yeah. mind it um and you, and, uh, to be it's it's like fitting as well that you love it and i hate it because it's just going with all the podcast stereotypes that we've built up over the last month and a half yeah pretty much anything with little Drink's wayne on, word. yeah anything <laughs> with little wayne on is always gonna do well with me okay moving on anakin the name of the track blanco the name of the artist pav um yeah i like this it was nice um i thought the hook was pretty good um i don't think the verses added too much more um but yeah three out of five can't really argue with it chris 
Yeah, I've really enjoyed this one. I'm actually a fan of uh, Blanco's previous tunes and this one, the beats are wicked and it's just got that vibe. Like, you know, it's very easy to say it's just got a vibe, but I don't know, it's just got this cool little edge about it. It's kind of like really like relaxed, loose and uh, the whole visuals as well are wicked. The video is cool. Three out of five for me on the drinks. Yeah, it gets three out of five from me as well. Uh, yeah, I describe the track as flows and loose that's mm. that's literally what I'd say. It, it's loose, it flows, and someone is cutting their grass as I talk. Uh, <laughs> I can't we can't it hear it. Don't worry. Oh, good. Uh, I can really badly. Uh, yeah, it gets a, it gets a three. Um, I really like it. It flows very very nicely. It's got a very loose feel to it, and I can imagine bumping it in the car. Okay, next track, Jerry Reed. The track is called "Shit Can't Make Anything." I will go first. It gets a four from me. I think it is a solid cut of disco in 2020. And that is literally how I'd sum it up. Uh, Chris? Yeah, I'm interested to know why it's called that. I don't know if you, in your research. No clue. No clue. Yeah, it's really, it must mean that something must have happened. uh, But I don't know why he's called the track that, but interesting. I got sent, I got, sorry, I got sent the promo and literally just said, shit can't make anything. Jerry Reid featured on BBC Radio 1 dance anthems. Big hit. That was (laughs) it. That was it. Do you think it's one of those ones, you know, like, like Chris, you know this, you know, when you're in the studio and you make a beat and you don't know what to call it. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll call it weird. So, um, I was watching like a, uh, a T minus, uh, video. He's making this tune. Um, in fact, it was the he was making um, the motto, and he was like, "I called it Pirates of the Caribbean beat because I was watching Pirates of the Caribbean at yeah. the time." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. it's the same thing here. He could had one no of, idea could what to call ones. it. Um, and yeah, the track's called. Cool. This sound is is like pretty big at the minute in like the electronic house kind of world. Yeah, it's it's good record. I'll give it three out of five. It's good. Pav, I'm kind of the same. Yeah, nice tune. Um, mm. Again, there's nothing really shit about it. Um, there's nothing that's blowing my mind. Um, so yeah, three. Nice song. Would listen again. Okay. Uh, last track of the reviews is by Nightwave. The track is called Sacred Heart. Uh, this is... Every week I'm trying to include something a bit different in the reviews because we have a lot of big artists and this is my track for that. Uh, Chris? Yeah, it's um quite an intense track. It's like this genre is like this uh, drums. It's called like Drums and Perk. I think Wade, you might know. And you know Sherelle? There's a DJ called Sherelle off Radar. Yeah, it's, like, Radar, Jer- Radio. it's, like, it's like Jersey Club mixed with yeah, like, I, I know like, exactly what you're talking about. But the, yeah, and she she's called it or someone in that scene has called it. It's like Drums and Perks or something. It's like the name of the, the style yeah. of the genre. Um, her boiler room is wicked, by the way, Sherelle. She plays stuff like this track. Um, but this track is yeah, it's really intense. It it kind of uh, there's a lot going on. It's I kind of sit there and I'm not I don't know comfortable. It's weird. It's it's very like high energy and yeah, I'm not sure. Didn't quite tick my box for me. So I'm gonna have to give it two out of five drinks. Pav. Um yeah, I'm kind of a bit the same. I gave it a two. Um obviously was it last episode we had Freak By on Shy the Girl, reviews. Yeah. And I liked that because it was like, that was like how to do like that weird different sound, like that sort of no real, um, oh, what's the word? like no real structure. It's like all a bit out there. And I liked it like mm. that. Didn't like it like this. I felt like it was a bit too all over the place for me. Um, so wasn't really a fan. Um, so yeah, two out of five. Okay. Yeah. It gets a, a Nightwave track called Sacred Heart. It's a four from me. I really like Wait. it. I, 
I like experimental stuff like massively. What I wrote down was Boiler Room and Boiler Room Japan. Yeah, uh, I can imagine it in that kind of There setting. you go. Uh, I like it because it's like away from the... It's off the curve. It's down the path. Very it's, much so. Yeah, and look, I like trying to include like stuff like this when I play DJ sets. Like, I like to try and throw that in. The mix of classics. Da, 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 da. Break it up. And I could imagine me playing it. So it gets a thought. I think it's really well made. I get what you mean. It's very hectic, but I think that's mm. the beauty in it. So he gets a four. Okay, let's do track of the week. Insert jingle here. Track, uh, track, <laughs> track of the week. Yeah, that's sample. There you go. Can we cut that up and use that every week? Huh? Yeah. Oh, mate, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Pav, your track of the week, please. Uh, my track of the week is Step It Up. I really, really like that song. Um, I just felt really good listening to it. Good choice. And it's sunny as fuck here. Obviously, man's in Birmingham and that. It's like 26 degrees at the moment. I got the window <laughs> open. My blinds are open. And like, you know, it's like light when outside is brighter than you know, your room with yeah. the light on. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. like my, that's, uh, that's my little, uh, gauge. what's it called? That's my gauge that is. Um, so yeah, I was, I was looking outside uh, while I was listening to it and I was like, yeah, this is it. Chris? For me, it's a close call between Feel It Kadeko and Step It Up. And I'm going to go with Step It Up because it's just got, every now and again, you get these records just have that little flavour, that little thing. Is that edge on it, isn't it's there? That it's slight just... little, it's like the melody, it's just got that, the way it's been put together, really, just really well done. It's, it's the, out of all these records, it's the one that I'm going to, over the next few days, be coming back and listening to mm. just in my free time. So... Yeah. that's why that's how I judge like the, the track of the week and I think for me yeah step it up yeah. Armand Van Helden and Reva Star track yeah. of the week I, I had the same thing with uh, DJ Zinc out of control a couple of weeks ago yeah you like, like that I'm, now, just, you? I'm just rinsing rinsing that song at the moment love it oh it's interesting I don't I can't remember I, don't, I think was I crazy about that song I don't think I was that crazy about that one i don't think but anybody remembers because we don't document any of this except for the recording which maybe <laughs> we should start doing i, we'll I remember the track because i i listened to it i like Out of uh, yeah i really like dj okay right my track of the week is did you give two fives today i did do two fives today one of them was step it up and one of them was my window uh i'm gonna go for Step it up as well. I'm a Van oh, Helden and Reva star. The three Pete. Three yeah, out of three. It gets, it gets three. Uh, you said it Best had like ever. you said it had a little bit of edge, Chris. You said the same thing, Pav. Basically, I would say it's got that little extra spice that no other track seems to have in these uh, reviews. It's literally mm. got like yeah. It, it's like it'll be like one weird instrument that if you took it out, it wouldn't have the same like bounce or anything, but it just sounded so, it's so just good. The, I think it's the chords and the melody with the vocal. Yeah. It just all comes together, especially on the hook. It just all comes together in like it's this like amazing euphoric. It's like yeah. summary. It's just great, you know. The, well, I it was goat movements from the goat, so. I wouldn't expect anything less from, yeah, two goats in Armour Van Helden and Reva Star. Uh, the vocals mm. by Char- Charlene Hector are great. Uh, the chords, it's, yeah, it's got a spice. It's got something. It's got that little extra bit of salt. It's got that extra flavor i think it's got a groove which every other track seems mm. to miss there's a groove in this mm. Mm. um it suits the weather because as we we're recording this it is 28 degrees for me um and the sun is shining when i listened to it yesterday and i did all the reviews when i put the notes together i knew this was my track of the week straight away 
Mm. I, yeah, I, like, I can imagine. Listen to it. I know. Yeah, like I'm actually really keen to listen to it now, and I'll listen to it after this. It's yeah. like the song you put on when you're like walking somewhere. It's nice and summery yeah. on the way to. Yeah, you know, it's just like a really just one that's in the playlist. If there's a playlist called Summer Vibes, I've got a playlist called Summer Vibes. And this is definitely going in this one. It's like essential. Yeah. It's going in my run playlist for run later. Run playlist. There you go. Yeah. Like those kind of playlists. Okay. As it's always, uh, don't forget record. you can listen to all the tracks we, we spoke about today and our track of the week, which is Armin Van Helden and Reva Star featuring Charlene Hector. Step it up. They're all on Spotify and YouTube. Yeah. That is the news. That is the reviews. And should we move on to our topic, which is my topic this week? So I don't pass it over to anyone. <laughs> I just carry on talking. <laughs> God, you're going to be sick of me. Okay, uh, this week's topic is DJs and mental health. Before we actually start talking about the topic, we're going to include a link in the bio for the YouTube and maybe a link, I'm not sure, in Apple or Spotify, however we could do it. We'll try, like, if you really want to take the time to cut it out because it takes forever, but we'll put it there. Or the link will definitely be available on the YouTube video uh, for Calm, which is a mental health charity, which you should definitely check out if any of these things concern you in any way. They're a great mm-hmm. charity. They do great things. Um, check them out. Just support them. And also, if you need to talk to them, you definitely should get in touch with them they're great okay so Mm. this week's topic is djs and mental health which is something that affects everyone mental health but especially men right now is a big topic in the news and we're men and we're also djs and i think it's very unspoken about the whole dj side of mental health there's been some uh there's been some obviously more uh well-known People that have some succumbed to uh, the downfalls of mental health, DJ AM, Avicii. Um, but what's it like for the the average DJ, which is us? We're not mm, superstar mm. DJs. Yeah. We don't play big 10,000 festivals. Yeah. But we don't fly here. That We don't have like a grueling <laughs> tour schedule. Um, mm. But the, the first point in this is being constantly switched on. And me and Chris actually spoke when when lockdown happened. Me and Chris spoke a few weeks after, I think it was. Mm, and this was mm. literally the conversation we had. I said it was nice not having to be switched on 24-7. I think if I can uh, say my piece on this before we you know, really get into it. Yeah, of course. You know, uh, as like an overview. Um, what, leading on what you were saying, Wade, about being constantly switched on. When you work, in my opinion, there's certain jobs where you can go and you'll work nine till five. And then once it hits five o'clock and the work's done, you don't have to think about it. You take nothing home from the work and and it's there. You know, it's done Um, in a lot of cases. Obviously, DJing, you kind of, I know it's very like cliche term, but you kind of do live it. Like you're constantly looking for tunes. You're seeing what people are playing. Then you have the social media thing. You're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, seeing what everyone's saying, playing, where, what they're doing. So in terms of when we're saying, you know, do you switch off? It, it's hard to. And I know me and Wade don't. And a lot of DJs don't. Um, you know, it's kind of you're always because it's a passion. Like it's not it is a job, but you wouldn't do this job if you weren't passionate about it. So I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> but it's a passion. So you have to kind of learn to switch off, you know, and, yeah. and which is a different dynamic than what you get in other jobs. Um, so yeah, that that's over lockdown. 
I can definitely say from my experience that's been quite difficult because it's you're constantly switched on and going from constantly switched on to nothing to be switched on about. Like, I mean, there's no, you know, gigs. There's no interaction. There's no people coming together and enjoying music, which is basically what we thrive off. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's my piece on it. Pav, I don't know what you think about that. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, I feel <laughs> like out of the three of us, I'm probably the worst one to talk about this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> shock, guys, but you weren't expecting this in the beginning of the episode. Um <laughs> I would say that generally I'm quite a strong-minded person um, and I don't feel like I've been in a big enough struggle for me to properly think about anything like this. So actually Wade bringing it up like last week when we were talking after, I was like, actually I might have to properly think about this. Um, Like I said, because I'm just quite a strong-minded person and I sort Mm. of, I like kind of, I'm I'm a big believer of the cause so I kind of don't really lose too much faith or anything. Um, Mm. I mean, coming from a lockdown point, I mean, obviously, so DJing is like one half of my business, but my main business is uh, an event business, like a tech business, um, which has also been completely shut. Um, so basically doing like no work, which was kind of nice. I, I liked it. Mm. I like, I literally saying like, uh, obviously, so it's like my dad's company. Um, so like, I was like, this is like the first summer in like five or six years that I haven't worked like and i've been at home like in august on a weekend which is like basically impossible um Mm. and my dad said the same thing he was like oh actually he was like this is like the first summer in like 30 years that i've been like just sitting at home Mm. um so it's been kind of cool um bit of a weird one really i've Mm. almost felt out of place at the start of lockdown when march happened i think i went it was a phrase of oh this is crazy what is yeah. this whole situation we're about to all go into? Like, wow, like an actual lockdown. This is crazy. Yeah. And then it was actually great. Like, obviously forgetting the virus, obviously, but the whole lockdown thing was, was <laughs> like, dying uh, bit wasn't that good, you know, but, you know, I mean, but I'm talking about just the, not the virus, obviously that's horrendous, yeah. but the actual <laughs> lockdown, you know, I'm talking about just being at home and not working. I loved it. It was great for like a month or so. Obviously my production side of things, I built on that so much and, and, and had free time to, you know slept at normal hours and you know had and but then I, I think after a few months it was like a lot more difficult because for me and I think Wade's been going even longer but for me I mean I've been DJing every single weekend um ever, ever since I was 16 I've only ever had two weekends off one went to Vietnam and one when I went to Greece or something other than that, every single weekend, two or three nights, every single week doing it. And when since I was 16, mm. so forget the money, forget the money for a second. Ever since I was 16. The lifestyle choice, isn't it? Son, yeah, ever since 16, mm. suddenly it's gone. You know, and that's a good, you know, five or six years. So, yeah, that was suddenly, that actually hit. And it was like, wow, like this is strange because that's, you know, as I said, forgetting the money. That's my routine, as it were. Like that's my life. And now that's not there. So, I think it definitely took some adjusting. I mean, it must be mm. similar kind of thing for you, Wade, because obviously you've been going longer than me. Uh, I've been DJing thing. Twelve years, old school. Twelve, 12 years, years, yeah. Uh, wow. And I went from working two nights a week for a couple of years to working six, seven nights a week for about eight years. <laughs> uh, and now I regularly work. Obviously, before lockdown, five, four to five nights a week. I actually try and have two off. <laughs> So that's because it's impossible to get a Sunday gig. No one books Sunday DJs anymore. I would take it off regardless. Like mm-hmm. I need time off. I have to have like two nights, even if they're not 
together off. Yeah, otherwise, I just, otherwise I just burn out. But the the issue I sort of had was, uh, Chris, we we actually did speak about this. Was in terms of being switched on mentally, it's it's something I I did without thinking. I'm constantly making mixes, doing content stuff for me as a brand, as a DJ, uh, networking. I'm going to other gigs. I'm seeing other DJs. I'm talking mm. to other DJs. Uh, you know, I'm obviously downloading music. I'm watching what some of the big boys are doing, like the A tracks of this world. And then lockdown happened and it stopped. And me not working is my worst nightmare. It's like horrendous because mm. no. I, I genuinely enjoy working and I love the job I do. I'm very blessed mm. to do it. Like we all are. Uh, mm. But to make a career out of it, I'm extremely lucky. And it's through years of hard work as well. But mm. it's my worst nightmare. I couldn't think of anything worse. It was Same literally, yeah, it was hell. It was great. When it happened, we spoke, I think me and you, and we was like, oh, what's going to happen? Uh, and in a few weeks or maybe a month down the line, I was saying it was actually nice to have a break. Mm. And then that sort of passed and I hated it. <laughs> and, and to this day, <laughs> I, I still hate it because... You know, I love the feeling of playing live music to people um, and the reaction. And I love people's, like, I love watching people when I'm playing. I love, like, the whole social aspect. I love, like, the camaraderie bit of when you're a team in a club, you and the light mm. jockey and the manager and, the, you know, the assistant manager and the warm-up DJ, da, 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 all that stuff. I loved it all. And I still mm. do. Um, and I think that took, or oh, I know it did, that took a lot onto my mental health it, it was just very hard to deal with because you know for someone that's been gigging five six nights a week for like 10 years let's say to suddenly mm. go don't work was very you know i've had the odd night off and i've had a couple of weeks off to go holiday and stuff but never like an extended period of time like this i don't think anyone has um yeah yeah and I'm it, the same. It, literally the same with me it took a it took a massive time on mental health because i just felt like i was going mental you know mm, yeah um I and think, go on yeah I, I was gonna say like I'm, I'm definitely in the same boat as you wade like yeah. you know as i said six seven years or whatever and then to, to go from from everything you've said to nothing it was after a month or so of wow this is cool to, yeah wow this is now like not fun this is yeah not, this is actually awful um but for me i think what's interesting i think i found in the last like say two or three months um i don't know i have kind of adjusted to it in a weird way but it's like because obviously i have my producing side of things which i've been doing ever before i was djing that's like yeah. what i've been doing for long before that that's what got me into djing so and i've always had that and now i've kind of been doing that so that has been a kind of a bit of a savior for me because I, I still have that to work on and i've built that up and i've done this i've done that and over lockdown and felt productive not all the time like it's been down sometimes some weeks but you know i've still got that and i do feel lucky to have that so i guess we're slightly different there but yeah. yeah i think for me as well obviously this is obviously where me and you met pav like i mean i'd, I'd yeah. just move i'd move just from me from chancellor just northeast of london to birmingham and i'd not even been there a year you know i moved there for dj yeah. you know to play in all the clubs in in the midlands in stoke on train which is just north of birmingham and in the Birmingham area and stuff, and I've not even been there a year, and then this happened, and it's like obviously it's I can't a kick in the it teeth, now. It's a kick in the teeth, and then now I've had to like move out because I can't. There's no gigs to to fund my lifestyle in Birmingham, 
you know the production stuff great but to to pay central birmingham rates it's tough like mm. it doesn't you know it's it's enough to live on but not in the center of birmingham with mm. everything that goes with it so you know it, then there was that as well for me but i think it's just like adjusting and and for me i've personally in the last two or three months kind of adjusted but wait i think you're from our conversations and i think from your saying you've kind of you're still fed up with it, understandably. I mean, yeah. I'm still fed up with it gigs wise. Don't get me wrong. Like, obviously, I'm fed up with it. But as I said, what I've said has helped me a little bit. But for you, it sounds like you're still just, you know, well, just not happy with it. Well, it's um, hard. It's hard because DJ's a choice of career. But yeah, I sort of live it, you know. Mm, yeah. And people sort of go, oh, like, I've missed some things in my life because I've been working. Like some big things because yeah, I, can't, yeah, I can't take time off, and that that you know that plays into it, and the fact the fact that um, I just am a social person. Uh, mm. I like being in venues. I like talking to management and other DJs, and you know I like talking about music. I.e., while we do a podcast on it, uh, it's it's hard. It's very hard, and I think when you take out the financial and da, 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 but just the sort of social and fun fun part of it you know it's a career and it's a lifestyle like even my sleep routine is still not normal because after mm, doing yeah, it for, same. for 12 years there's some nights i'm asleep at 10 o'clock and other nights i'm up till five six in the morning yeah to be, actually to be fair pad we've been on the phone at like 2am before and not even oh is that, yeah, that's yeah, a regular that's, that's occurrence standard. i mean i'll, I'll have so to I caveat this. Some, some ways it's not the, yeah not i mean yeah like i said i'll have to caveat this with my sleeping pattern has never been great mm. um i just like the night time the best like my best thoughts come then don't know what mm. it is yeah. Must yeah. Be a thing. Um, it is a thing for a lot of people to be fair um the other problem i had actually was uh obviously i was finishing my degree like mid lockdown like april may time mm. um i basically don't like working when other people are around like i work in my room anyway but i don't like other people like being around like mm. just don't like, I like sitting and doing my own thing um which is normally fine because normally like my family have gone to work and then they'll come back and they might chat with you for like half an hour and then like they've got other stuff to do like prep for tomorrow and they're gonna eat dinner and all this kind of stuff um actually I see everyone's at home and mm. everyone's bored. And so I live my, with my mum and dad and my sister and nobody else has got anything else to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so everybody wants to chat and do stuff. And I kind of got to a point where I was like, right, can you guys just like for about four hours, do you mind fucking off for a bit just downstairs or somewhere else? Um, <laughs> to the point where my sleeping pattern went, I used to um, go to bed at eight in the morning um, wow. And I used to, and I used to wake up at like four or five, um, only because I knew that's what those were the peak times of people being awake. That's crazy! I Literally knew, nocturnal. I was like waking up at like four or five, like eating breakfast, which yeah, it's still breakfast at that time apparently. Yeah, mad. Um, like watching like a couple hours of TV, start seeing okay, these guys are going to start sort of drifting off and doing their own thing here, right? Bang, let me get some work done for the next ten hours. It was mm. it was weird. It's weird going for a walk at six in the morning, knowing that you're about to go to bed and everybody else is about to go to work. Yeah, that is yeah. It's weird. I think I think when I've done like three or four nights in a row or, or something like that, like I sometimes had that kind of pattern and I've done, I've, I think I've come close to it 
uh, sort of a few months ago, maybe. I'm just thinking back, but that, I don't think I've actually ever done it that extreme where it's like literally going. Oh, up it was. Like a, it, this, this, this was <laughs> like crazy. a oh, one night it's happened and now it's a thing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. This was a, like a. I realised it about two or three days in, and so it was actually my sleep, like my genuine sleeping pattern for about two and a half weeks. That's crazy. It was man. weird. That's crazy. Wow. It was yeah. proper weird. Okay. Yeah. Also, uh, one of the things we'll talk about is the pressure of performing in front of people because that is something I think maybe I take for granted because I'm just used to playing in front of people without sounding like I play, I play in front, mm. in front of thousands of people. I don't, but I've become so accustomed to playing in a club or venue and it being full or, you know, loads of people or not loads of people, whatever, but people. So I don't get nervous majority mm. of the time but it is like a genuine thing like every now and again at one of the venues i play just as i'm about to go and i sort of look up and i get that whole like oh my god even though i've done it a million mm. times that mm. that definitely takes its toll on you especially when you're newer in this like i'm further down the road than quite a lot of people because i've done it for so long but if this is your first year, second year, third, fourth, whatever, sometimes it can be a quite a daunting experience. Uh, I don't know if you've ever had any sort of Yeah, I, I was kind of in a similar boat, really. I I kind of, I remember when I was like 17, 18 or whatever, like, you know, a year or so into it. And, and I remember it was like very nerve wracking. Mm. Uh, but I think, yeah, after years of doing it, it kind of does like every venue now is kind of like the same. It doesn't really, you know, we're going from this venue to that venue or whichever city it is, or, you know, it, it kind of doesn't, I'm sort of in the same similar thing. I think going back, it might be a couple of weeks of like, wow, this is crazy now actually playing in front of people. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I think it, I think I'm probably similar there. It gets to the point where yeah. it's still exciting, but it's not, you know, you're kind of used to it. I would say as well, I kind of really enjoy that though. So it's less kind of nervous i actually like and really enjoy that you know kind of on the entertaining people and, and performing or whatever so yeah. yeah i think similar similar to you i don't know what pav? you think pav um yeah again not a great person to talk about this i feel like i've never really had it i've never really particularly felt nervous to play in front of people pav i um, think i think i think you're like me where you actually is the problem yeah. no no i think you're like me where we actually don't because I, I really enjoy it. I feel like you don't bat an eyelid because you quite enjoy it as well. So I have to caveat it with two things. The first one is my dad's been a DJ for over 20 years. Mm, so right. I used to go to <laughs> gigs with him. He does like weddings and stuff. So I did the nervous part when I was with him when I was like 12. Mm. When I was when I was shit and now I'm just slightly less shit. Mm. Like Yeah. Well, similar thing. I, I, Again, I, similar I, thing with me. I, I went through that. So like... Yeah. When I was like 16, I was DJing like with my mates and stuff. I was like, actually, no, no I've kind of put my balls on the table here. Like, like, yeah, but I'm confident in like, I know the level. Like it's got to a point now, like there will be people that will ask me to do gigs for them and I'll refuse it. Not because I'm too busy or like the money or anything, but actually, cause I'm like, you know what? I know that this kind of crowd is going to come to your night and I don't think I can cater for them properly. Mm. So like I always get asked to do like drilly kind of nights and like that style of music. I just don't play it. I'm just not mm. that good at it. I can do a half an hour, 45 minute set, but I just can't play like three hours of it. So I mm. don't take those gigs. Um, 
the other one is the other, like the second caveat is I just think I've got I don't know how the rest of you feel I think Chris you'll be the same um I want to say that I've got a really good music knowledge. I mean, you'd hope so because you've got a bloody podcast about it. I mean, we um, thought so. <laughs> I mean, if we I think don't, if, I think if we don't, then uh, I think we've we'd, got a problem. We're just <laughs> we're just like embarrassing ourselves on the internet for two hours a week. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I just think I've got really good music knowledge, so I just always feel like I know what's going on. The only time I do feel nervous is actually two, like a couple of times. If I play a brand new venue and I've never played there and I don't know anyone there either. I'll get a little bit nervous because I'm like, oh, mm. actually, there's something on the line, Nick. If they don't like you two weeks in, that's it, mate, you're done. Um, mm. Which I haven't had to do for a while because I haven't had to play a new venue for a while. Um, the other one is, and this is a weird one, one of the first live streams that we did, I was bricking it, mate. Oh, really? And it was I weird. Yeah. I think I said it on the WhatsApp group. I was literally, I was sitting there. Like I'd had the green screen set up and like my decks were ready, laptops were on and camera was on and working. I was sitting there like, I had a little bit like butterflies in my stomach. I was like, mm. I'm not DJing. To, like nobody's here. Like there's going to be like 20 people on the internet, whatever, however many people are watching. Like mm. this isn't a scary situation. Like there's no pressure. If you play shit, no one will care. And if you play amazing, maybe a couple of people will care. Like it's, there's no pressure. And that was like the time where I felt the most pressure. I was like, oh, this is weird. It was a bit of a weird one, but yeah I, I kind of enjoy it I, I find i don't know about you guys i find like i really want pressure mm, um yeah, i like pressure because I, I feel like i can flip it um a bit like like when i used to do like exams and stuff or like tests i'm wicked at exams um like essays and stuff I, i'm waiting till the last week to do the essay because mm. oh, if i got three days to do it and i got six months to do it i'm still gonna do it in three days so it doesn't really matter mm. yeah but yeah I think just going back to what some of you said, like obviously your dad been a DJ for 20 something years. I think when it comes to me, it's, it's a similar thing when it comes to performing because my dad is a guitarist and mum's a pianist. They've been doing that all their lives. That's yeah. what they do. So the whole performing thing is kind of in it's me. It's natural like, to you already because like, you've seen them and yeah, you're like, I'll, oh yeah, that's not that hard. Yeah, I always have. And it's kind of like how I raised really like to, to perform in, in a way in, in you know in, in music or something like that or whatever it is so I think for me similar to how you are with your dad Pab it's like I don't know I just I don't really it's what I'm going to be doing standard so, in it yeah it is kind of I feel like thinking back now it's kind of just like a standard thing like it's going to happen so I'm doing it's it it's actually worse when it. people talk about it you know and people are like oh but you're playing to a thousand people in the club so aren't you nervous and you're like well I wasn't but now the fact that you're bringing it up like it's meant to be a bad thing is yeah. now giving making me a bit nervous mm. yeah I think I think for me like obviously I wasn't brought up with it like either one of you mm. in some performing way was I wasn't it's just become accustomed to me that's what I do mm. so I'm mm. like stone cold with it purely because i do it week in week out five nights a week like yeah. you, you build up a I, tolerance. I will say one thing when people say practice makes perfect with this industry it is a hundred percent correct yeah because mm. trust i've played my fair share of stinky tracks and then ones when you pull the fader down because you think people are gonna sing and it's dead fucking silent yeah. we've done it we've been there Chris has got a story or two which he might tell or might hold what about but, you no no about about like playing a stinky track or uh, the the ball drop situation 
Oh, the ball drop situation. That's the ball drop situation. Same kind of thing. Like you've got to make a shitty situation. Yeah, like that. I'll, I'll, quick, I'll quickly say it. And this, this is, uh, and that's <laughs> the thing. When it comes to things like performing, and even if you are nervous, you have to see the funny side of things. And this is a funny okay, sh- story. Shall we do a, a slight tales of the tales in the just booth? A, um, just a quick shittiest, one. Shittiest DJ moment, like yeah. or funniest, like. Well, just this one you were talking about. It was, it was based. I was in yeah. uh, a club, and it was uh, they were going to do this. I thought was going to be a massive ball drop, and I was like on the mic saying who's ready to have this you know get ready for all these balls to come down and then i think they were giving away something in in a couple of the balls there was like a free something i think it was like free tickets for next week or something when it cash and or is it cash i think think it was was a mixture of both it was like a number and then there was a prize i mean no one knows because no one found them well this is the thing (laughs) and it was like who's ready for this massive ball drop and then i basically i was like three two one and then like they pressed the button and literally like three marble sized balls came down like tiny little things just lost in the crowd instantly no one could find them like they were just gone like, yeah, it's a it fully shit finished. idea. And fairness. everyone was looking at me like, where's the ball drop? Have you not done it yet? And I was literally like, I have done it. Obviously not on the mic, but I was like, oh, I've yeah. done it. You like, probably got it. shit towels there, mate. And it was funny. Like, and that's the thing. I think for me, I've just, you know, I don't mind that. Like, it's kind of, a, it's a good story. And some people I think might potentially shy away from that. But I, I actually quite enjoyed it because just, yeah, it's just a good story. And, you know, yeah. it, it happened. And yeah. But, I, I also had a mic fail. Um, oh, yeah. It was at my it was at my Saturday night residency, which is at uh, the Guild of Students. I'll name it because it wasn't that bad. Um, mm. It was bad for me, not for them. Uh, week one, I was playing. Not week one, I was playing there. The first week, I was playing there, and I was like, it was when Bestie was like doing the rounds, like when it was like top five, and it was like becoming the machine that it was. Mm. Like first week, I was like, yeah, I was, I was getting on the mic. I was getting so hype, and I was like, yeah. Make some noise if you're here with your bestie. Oh, and then everyone classic. made noise and played it. And I was like, yeah, I'm a fucking G. <laughs> Next week, I was like, oh, well, this just works. Let me just do this every week. Fuck it. Mm. It's like half one. Mm. Make some noise if you're with your bestie. And you wait for them. Because the thing is, you got to wait for them to make the noise and then play the song. Otherwise, it doesn't work. Mm. Um, said it. Pin drop silence. Ouch. And then like one girl woos like out of like self out of pity for me, which I 100% appreciate whoever you are, you're rated. Um, <laughs> and it's like the, when it comes to like the nervousness thing there, it's it's how you take that. So you That's can argue like, right, my career's over. About, yeah, this is what I'm saying about our performance thing. I like, think because you actually enjoy performing. I'll, I think I'll you're not you too bothered about that one. because uh, some, if some people were trying to do that and didn't really enjoy performing, so then you know, basically what not, happened after like that, that nobody made noise. And I just picked up, and like, obviously I still had the mic and I was like, oh, fuck it. I guess nobody's got any friends then and then just played the song. Well, you said that on the mic? <laughs> yes. That's funny, actually. Wow. wow. I was like, oh, I guess no wow. one's got any friends then, fuck it. I just played the song anyway. Um, but yes, but back to the topic, like you can see how I think you're not, you know, because uh, you, you know, you're, you're quite happy to perform. So yeah. when things like that happen, you don't let it get you down. And uh, so oh, everyone gets you know. a shitty moment. Yeah, like, you know, we've yeah, seen we've happens. seen big acts have shitty moments. Yeah, of course. Of course. I think it's actually um, sorry, just to cut you there. It's eleven years and one day since one of the biggest performances ever, which is Kanye West at the VMAs. I'm gonna let you finish, but Beyonce had one of the best videos of all time. That was eleven years ago. Like Taylor got it that day, man. And Kanye, to be fair. Like it happens. Go on, go on, Wade, while I just cut you up there. Uh, well, the other thing with pressure in front of performing, uh, performing for people is 
not just performing in front of a thousand people, but what about when you're performing and it's not actually going right? Because that can happen more often than not. People look, DJs don't talk about it. Like being a DJ is like being an influencer. No one puts up the videos of when people don't cheer or don't go mental, but everyone puts up the hands in the air moment. But mm. then moments do happen. Um, do you ever feel pressure then, or you just fine? Yeah, I mean, it's got to put your balls great. on the table, and it kind of thing. It's it's not it's not great. Like you know, especially when you know, say say the event isn't busy or you know it's not really happening. It's it's you have to just you have to just deal with it. I mean, it's, it's not great. You want to kind of avoid that if you can. Yeah. Um, I I kind of caveat it like this, where I'm like, well, actually, um. I suppose I think this is relevant for all three of us. All three of us are actually decent DJs. We're good. We have our niches. We know what music works with certain crowds and stuff. It's kind of our job, so we should. Mm-hmm. I know, I don't know, nine out of ten of my gigs are good in terms of good dance floor, people are happy. So if I have that one where I'm either I'm not that great, which is, I would say, rare because kind of we don't do t- anything too out there that we have particularly bad gigs... Um, or like if the crowd just isn't going for it or you're at a new venue and the crowd's not going for it, I basically just make the assumption that they're shit. Like they're just like, because if you don't want to, like if you come to the club, we've seen it where loads of, where you get dragged to the club by your mates and you don't want to be there. So you're obviously not going to be there for a good time. Like if the crowd doesn't want to have a good time, it doesn't matter. Like unless you, like you can bring Drake out and they won't care. Like it doesn't matter. So you kind of just have to sort of, you got to wear it on the sleeve and tough it out a little bit. I don't know. I think if you brought Drake out, I think people would care. Yeah, I think people would, yeah, would definitely care. That was I a think, poor analogy, but I couldn't think of anything else. Well, that I had, um, obviously this is well before lockdown. So uh, I had like a string of about three weeks worth of gigs, residences that I had. And they're all good residences, you know, and all varied in what they are. Um and I had about a three three week run of them all being not great, no. oh, and it nightmare. was and it was nothing to do with me. Like it wasn't, I weren't doing anything different. I wasn't like suddenly becoming, you know, a, 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 a you know, I don't know, a Jersey Club DJ, and no one knew what Jersey Club was, or I was becoming a house DJ, and I was in an R and B venue. It wasn't that. Like it was my regular gigs. And they just weren't clicking. They just weren't going off. And it was just because the time of year and the area I was in, a lot of people were coming back from uni, going uni. A lot of people had gone to college, this, that. Like It was just a bit of a time mm. of movement. So it wasn't busy, busy. It was still okay, but it wasn't like the regular night I did. And honestly, it like absolutely tore me apart inside because I thought, oh my God, it's me. Like this I'm is the, the beginning of the end. I'm the only common factor. And then I went in on a Wednesday night and tore it up. And that was fun. Everything just went back to normal. <laughs> but it was, That's a yeah. weird one, isn't it? You know, when you have doubts like that, when you have a couple of shitty gigs or like their gigs are dead and then you have one good gig and you're like, you've gone from, should I give this up to, I'm a, the biggest fucking G ever. I don't know. I have that. Yeah, and it was it, you just hype yourself up. It was it was nothing I did that made the gigs bad. It was just a wrong time, wrong place. It was just you one just of them things. It. Yeah, you blame yourself, and I think that's the one thing with being a DJ is that you put a lot of pressure onto yourself 
uh, and people deal with pressure like that in different ways. I just mm. basically thought, you know, I was shit. But uh, it it wasn't that. I'm still dope. And you weren't wrong. No, I'm joking. No, yeah. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was just it was just a a mixture of time of year. Like I was talking to two managers from two different venues that I was working at and both of them were comparing the numbers to last year and they were exactly the same. So it wasn't me. It was oh. the time of year sucks. Um, mm. And it just where it was. Uh, but speaking of managers, okay, there's obviously a lovely thin line <laughs> as DJs we uh, tread where you're pleasing uh, the venue manager and I've, my venue managers are six, shout out to them, uh, and you're pleasing the clients and customers on the dance floor uh, that are here for a good time. And sometimes I've had this, you have a manager that wants one thing and the customers want the complete opposite. Now that is hard to deal with. Uh, have you ever had these experiences? Or Sorry, you- uh, Chris, do you want to go in on this one, mate? <laughs> I've had this a couple of times. I, I don't, was dealing I, with this situation a year or so ago. It's go on. a difficult situation, this. It's just hard. Yeah. So if um, you work out basically where Chris was playing about a year or so ago, you can work out who he's talking no, about. I'm, 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 not, I'm not saying anything about anyone at all. Like, you know, and it, 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 I think it happens to lots of DJs when you have this thing. Because can I, I think... Can I interject way. just for one second? Because I know you're going to dive into this story. I'd like to think in general as DJs and especially us three, we have yeah. a good working relationship with our managers that trust us and let us do what we think is right. But there is these times when a manager, uh, sometimes it's not even your venue manager, it could be an area manager or regional manager wants something and you definitely know the customers want something completely different. Like they might say, or a manager changes like really suddenly and they've yeah. worked somewhere else that was similar. And you're like, yeah, but it's not the same. Yeah. Uh, and I'd like to point out that, like, this ain't to bash managers, but it's more a thing of, it's a very thin line. We have to be very diplomatic because you can't just say, you're wrong, I'm right. You know, sometimes you have to tread that line. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll caveat it with, I've, I've, I've had way more good experiences than bad experiences with managers. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Chris, sorry, carry on. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I... It's, it's we're not in a position to like name names or name and shame or Chris, anything like that. Pour your heart out, mate. Someone could, you know, that violin song that doo, 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 that one that everyone puts in the videos. Just play that while you talk now for the next I five said, minutes. I had that in the, the post <laughs> post uh, editing. Um, a lot of they just have to deal with this. Um, unfortunately, you know, it's no one's fault, but obviously, managers, obviously, managers can sometimes be owners depending on what the venue is. Managers often are business people and they're corporate people, so they don't really understand music. Um, so you have to kind of that's your job, isn't it? I mean, it's kind of obvious, but so the the DJs I think should be left. It should be in in their court. You know, they decide how the venues get played, and the, these managers, you know, and they absolutely should do, and it's great they do. But you know, when it comes to spilling out a spreadsheet, looking at do they have the right amount of spirits in for the weekend? Like, obviously, they're really good at that, and that's they can do that well. But knowing what is current music to put on a great club night and a great entertainment for people—that's a line and I a mean, half, mate. That is. Well, it's true. I mean, if you know, if they the, working out, you know, how to balance the profit to make sure, you know, the lease on the building is paid and the staff are paid, and you know, the the legislation 
required to open a venue obviously that's what you need to know that's their job that's great and they should know that and they do know that and that's why they are the manager you know they have experience in that and that's what they know but obviously when it comes to the music side of things at a very basic level okay cool so you're not walking into a nice say you know high-end bar and they're playing death metal music like okay they know that's not what should happen yeah yeah you know, yeah for, for okay. what, but mm. but you know what i'm saying it's no it's I'll get, I'll get out it. of their what yeah. they know you know it's out of what they they know sometimes which is uh, a shame because i've seen a lot of venues kind of fail because of that but you know mm. sometimes it's out of what they know oh i've got i've got i could tell you a story and i i'd name the person because i really don't care but i'm not gonna because we're a professional podcast um yeah, exactly there's one thing names, they say about no us point. professionality mate yeah yeah uh, so a venue i worked out a word a venue I worked at, I was there for eight years. Um, I was the main resident DJ. Uh, it, I've got some very, very good times there. Uh, and right when Drake was number one with One Dance, uh, I played it like half 12, the venue shut at two, went off. The owner thought he'd be very smart and come out, stand in front of the DJ box and give me a thumbs down and the whole like turn it off symbol. And that, just showed he knew fuck all about music because it was the number one song in the country it was mm. huge it and, was and com- to this day is the longest running number one in the history of ever yeah, yeah. Uh, it was number one it was huge it was commercial it was a commercial hit so it wasn't like i was playing mm. a house night and i just threw it on it was a commercial club night i was doing and yet he thought it was too hard and it would attract the wrong crowd and I just thought, fuck off, you know nothing. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm I, think, no lo- I think. Sorry, wait, finish your story. I keep cutting. In. I'm yeah. no longer at that venue, and that venue is no longer there. So it is what there it is. Go. But if you suck us, your venue fucking fails. Don't suck us <laughs> and know any venues. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it it was just the most disheartening thing I'd ever had happen to me because I was playing this huge hit. The people in the venue were going mental for it, as if I was like. I'd just given them all a hundred pounds. Like they were loving it. And then I had the owner basically saying, if I don't turn it off, I'm going to sack you. It was, (laughs) it it was the ultimate, you're in a rock and a hard place. Um, Mm. And luckily I had a very nice venue manager who explained to the owner, it's number one and showed him Mm. the amount of streams and how long it had been number one. So he said, it's all right if you do that then. So basically he quickly shut the fuck up. Yeah. But that's my point. Go on, that was my point is that how, how do you navigate that you don't you can't yeah <laughs> i think similar to that story i think the most outrageous thing i've ever done was uh I'm, albeit i was like younger and a bit more like you know i was younger and like a bit six more like months ago yeah. really uh, not six months <laughs> i wish it was six months ago i mean i'd be playing um but no, a bit younger a bit more like reckless and i remember a promoter came up to me in a venue and he said this music's really not right he said mate he goes this music's really not right I think you're not you're not really hitting the mark do you know what I did I literally just so I was like okay I said I said I gave a nod like this alright I gave a nod and I just put the fader down and pretended to put a cable in my bag and sort out my bag I just put the fader down and just let the crowd sing for about like 20 seconds 25 seconds with him standing there um, and I just put the it was like a cable I just pretended to put a cable in my bag just let it sing let the crowd sing for a bit I just put the fader back up I just sort of looked at him and then he didn't speak to me for the rest of the night yeah. He never Same booked you again. He never booked you again either. Yeah. No, I I was there for like I think playing that night. It was a student night. I was there for like another six months. Oh bloody um, 
So, oh, yeah. you know. Was that recent? Just, no, I said this was a while ago. Now I was like, oh, I must okay. be like eighteen or something. Nineteen. This was like, so I was. I, I was going to say, what? Do that I was very, to work it out. That was a very cheeky thing to do, but uh, yeah, I just literally just yeah, I was just like, okay, but cool. Put the fade that down. That goes a little bit sing. on what I was saying earlier when I was like, you know, when you know you're good, like mm. when you know you're decent, you know, you know your crowd, like you know your music, and then someone comes up and they're like, oh, can you play something else? And you're like, shut the fuck up. You have literally zero knowledge on this topic, yeah. like. There is people on the dance floor. There is people buying drinks. You're mm. happy. I'm happy. Like, there's no qualms here. Mm. You yeah. listen well, to music that I, you I like. Think, get yeah. an iPod playlist and put it in your fucking yeah. car. But my <laughs> point is, my point is, is that you have to do things like that sometimes because you you put you do put a lot of pressure on yourself as a DJ. Yeah. I call, I call um, it the uh, the DJ dick swing. Yeah, you just you just have to do that because you know at the end of the day you're doing something quite specialist and you have to you're doing it well so you know when you when you do you know when it's not going well you have to you know show what you can do that's how you counteract this the doubt you might have about yourself being a dj and, and yeah there's, making there's, sure men mentally you're well you have to do that you know you have to not take it super seriously and just have to show like look i'm here i'm doing it and this is what i do so you know one i think of, that's how you get around it one of my gigs uh the saturday i do the uh do one of the nights and the dj does the other night he takes no requests zero mm. he mm. play if someone comes up to i know me, someone like that he says fuck off yeah he says go away like don't talk to me <laughs> zero requests i yeah. will do requests to a degree obviously like anyone but my whole thing like i challenge myself so i don't get bored so as long as they're asking for something that i would play in the venue Mm. As long as they're not asking for, for example, I don't know, some hardcore hip hop in a classy cocktail bar where I know yeah. my manager would be like, this yeah. doesn't fit. Or, you know, just long that as everyone's it- just sipping on porn star martinis. Do you mind playing NWA? Fuck the police. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so long as it fits in some context, I'll play it. And that's like the challenge to myself of can I make it fit and fit well and X, Y and Z. And honestly, it keeps me so entertained throughout the night. I cannot tell you because mm. I'll be playing house and then someone will say, have you got this garage track or have you got this track? And I will find a way to sort of do it. And honestly, some of some routines that I do have come from these things. Like literally. I, I use I, I use requests in sort of the same way. Um, I use them just to gauge personal uh, like opinion. I just want to see what, what songs people like um, is the only reason why I use them. Uh, otherwise, I, again, wouldn't really take them. Uh, it's just to see like if there's a certain song that maybe I don't really like, but everyone else, like a song that I had was um, Gangster Daku, didn't like that song, got a lot of requests for it. So I thought, fuck it, let me download it and play it. And then it went off and now I'm happy for it. Mm. The only other thing I'd sort of say is when it comes to DJs and mental health, there's well, two things is one in uncertainty of our career. It's a very, it has very high highs and very low lows, as we've mm-hmm. most probably all experienced. And with that, if it is your career, comes a financial strain of, mm. which I think doing any creative job most probably has this financial type strain, whether you're a painter or a pianist or whatever it is, uh, yeah. I, I think a creative job in general tends to have more financial <coughs> strain than a normal nine to five. Uh, I'll jump ha- in on this. Go on. Um, so I had a, a Facebook comments war a couple of weeks ago about this exact topic. Um, 
it was about a week or two ago. So uh, a lot of people were talking on Facebook about, um, especially within like the Indian wedding community, because this is obviously our big time. Uh, And there's loads of people talking about like, oh, the pubs are open. Why aren't weddings open? And I was like, well, it's not quite the same thing, but I can understand your concern um, because nobody's making any money. Um, like, so I kind of get it. So we were, we were kind of having this sort of war of, not war of wars, like a lot of them are my friends in the industry, um, but we had different opinions. Um, as you guys know, I do like to be slightly different with my opinion, uh, mainly because I like to take the pros and cons. I'm a bit more level with it it rather than letting my emotions take through um and i was kind of saying they saying to them they were like no but pubs are open and they've got 50 people in them so we should do weddings according to venue size and this and that and i was like yeah i can agree with you i was like except nobody's gonna follow it so we can hit that and they were like yeah but we've spent this much money like to do our units and buy this gear and all this kind of stuff uh, and I was like yeah I agree maybe the government should be doing more for us uh, and I do still do agree with it we have got the shortest furlough in Europe yeah but I was like actually I was like this is the bottom line really and I heard someone say this about as a YouTuber I watch called Christian Jackson uh, who's like is uh, a light jockey for like Dylan Francis and uh, Lewis the Child and um, and Juna Beats and people like that he does like house and dance acts in america and he was like well he's like i agree with all of this but if you really want like financial stability and certainty go and work in an office because events is not the business for you because even if this didn't happen you could say one thing on the internet or do whatever and you'll go you can go from 12 gigs a week to zero gigs a week very very quickly like you can be the in like Jay Sean was the in flavor for about two years and now nobody cares. Like, but you just, you have to live with that with the industry. Like you guys do, it does everyone here do more than one club night at a venue? As in a week. Do you mean play at the same? Yeah. yeah, So you do play the same venue more than once. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. if that venue closes, you've banked on having two nights there a week. So you're two nights a week poorer for that time but gigs have, a gig you go have, with it have i worked eight years somewhere five nights a week that's what i'm saying and then you go from five to fuck all i went to five and, to one and you and you just sort of have to deal with it like it is what it is like yeah it's not nice and yeah you don't want to be thinking oh yeah i really need to pay my bills this week but actually to an extent if nobody wants to book you for a couple of months nobody will book you and you can't change that you can either have something else on the side which a lot of us do i do uh chris does uh wade you're just full-time dj aren't you yeah i'm full-time yeah yeah but like you you live with that possibility that you actually might not get booked for Mm. a bit and Mm. obviously this isn't a nice situation because now i think (laughs) pretty much everybody's in that boat but yeah i was gonna say i i I could i agree with what you're saying work in tesco they'll always be hiring someone always needs to fill the shelves every yeah. day but that that whole thing I, I think people doing what we do and, and lots of people around the world you know that deal with that and they plan their finances or just you know deal with that those situations when they come and everything you've been saying I think what's happened recently though with uh, coronavirus obviously that whole thing has just been like you know magnified because yeah. yeah we've had you know that's the thing so that that is happy I mean 
I think all of us are quite happy dealing with that risk. I mean, and I if think, you want to call it risk, I think you can avoid that with like good planning and just being aware of it. Like yeah. you said, Pavla, I mean, you literally said, I'm saying what you're saying, but you know, I would only add that you can avoid sticky situations like that by just planning not just your finances, but also yeah. just like your life. Like, you know, just, just do it all. Sometimes there's going to be good times and sometimes there isn't. And, you know, with gigs, but so, I'm saying, so actually, point well, is, it's been magnified, hasn't it, by coronavirus yeah. because it's for everyone. I mean, that is how many times you see uncertainty, the word uncertainty in the news, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's not it's not just us now, I, it's everyone. I 100% agree. But I think what is really magnified is there's a lot of people um, particularly in the DJ and event business that don't run sustainable businesses. Mm. And that's what it's proved. So there's a company called uh, MCL who are a really, really big AV company in the Midlands, like one of the biggest. So their main contracts are like Edgebaston Cricket Ground, the NEC, the, uh, the Hilton Metropole in the NEC Resorts Old Area. Um, they hold Aston Villa Football Club. They're in administration because they buy a lot of their kit on finance and mm. use the gigs to pay it off, which mm. obviously is not a good business model because they're now in administration, mm. which they were also were three years ago. Um, mm. And there's a couple of companies that have gone down. It's obviously unfortunate, um, but you sort of have to... So I know sometimes, again, a few people in, this, in our industries will sort of die out because not because of poor planning, just because of maybe they've banked on buying something and then no gigs have happened which mm. may be a few but i think most of them die like we have been relatively okay like because we're not spending stupid money um unless you want a couple of cdjs like uh <laughs> <laughs> like no one's no one's spending anything silly um we've cut back on the amenities that we would otherwise spend on and sort of you move in it you just got to be a bit smarter i i think Speaking of like coronavirus and our careers and, and all that stuff and the uncertainty, I think this that's is a podcast in itself. Coronavirus, coronavirus and our careers—that's like a really good ring to it. <laughs> well, I think th there's a difference in planning for. I could be out of work for a few months because I didn't have yeah. many gigs, but I know I've got that gig and I've got that gig, and I can. Oh, I could do that gig or I could do that. Like I've had that. I lost the gig. I picked the yeah. gig up. I swapped that gig for a different gig. I worked in London doing gigs for a bit. Then I actually didn't enjoy London as yeah. much to come out of it. it it's I think there's a difference in planning and prepping that than p preparing for a global pandemic <laughs> so I, yeah, I mean that's my I point. mean nobody did but no but and my point in sort of the uncertainty especially now we're in September mid-September it won't be long to October is realistically if I want to give if any of us give this up you know it's not for our own fault. Like none of us have done anything wrong. Yeah. Um, it's the government sort of realistically has sort of now just left the nightclub and events industry to sort of suffer. And hopefully there's some help for them, but the uncertainty of it is, is definitely play like takes its toll on your mental health because me and Chris have said it before, we've said, Oh, we know we've got a job to go back to when the club's open, but yeah, if the company, but well, as well, think of it this way. The company that owns them clubs, if they go around and go, we're out of money, we've gone bust, we don't have a venues to go back to. Yeah. You're right. Um, you are, you are so right. It's definitely, you're sort of like, I don't know about you, but I, I'm worrying about other people worrying about their venues. 
because yeah. I work yeah. for their venue and they're yeah, worried, yeah, yeah. you know, obviously the government's going to have to do something when it comes to events and nightclubs. And I hope they do because obviously entertainers, DJs, light jocks, techs, there's yeah. the list goes on um, in what there is. And all of these people will be out of work. And I see it on Twitter. People go, oh, just get another job. That's fine. If the whole industry says we're going to get another job, don't come, don't be knocking on the nightclub's door when it's allowed to open saying, why aren't you open? Because all of us are working at Tesco's. Yeah, I, I can kind of agree with that. Um, I'm actually in the same boat now, so I'll talk about it. It's personal experience. So I haven't got mm. a problem with it. So I'm sitting here now and I'm thinking, right, there's not going to be another round of furlough. Both no. of my businesses are event-based. So I've got, like I said, I've got my AV tech business and then I DJ. I don't do anything else. Normally one will subsidize the other if one's a bit quiet or one's a bit busy, etc. But with everything closed currently, I don't have that luxury. So I was sitting there the other day and I said, well, I, in fact, I said it, I might have said it to you, Chris. Um, I definitely said it to my dad. I was like, well, actually, if we're looking, obviously there's been loads of days. Oh yeah, the clubs might open this day or that day. Oh, it's going to be September. Or it's going to be October, whatever. Now we're looking at it and saying, right, it's going to be January or further. It's not going to be this side of the year. We can almost guarantee it. So I had already said, right, if we're looking at it in September and they're saying, oh, well, the club's going to be opening two weeks and then you can start DJing again. Lovely. That's great. I can survive until then. If we're looking at it and saying, oh, well, actually, might be January, February, maybe later. I'm just going to have to get a job. And that's what I'm doing. I'm applying. I've got a couple of job interviews and stuff. I'll apply for a few jobs, get a job. And then if I decide that I want to carry that on, which I probably won't because i don't like working for the people uh, if you're trying to employ me don't listen to the, this bit of the podcast uh then too I'll, late I'll, now yeah yeah <laughs> too late now yeah I, I just i'll get my job and then i'll decide okay well actually uh the clubs are open again now and uh i can pick up four gigs a week now so oh yeah well they can fuck off now and i'll go and carry on and do my job my gigs like it's the same thing uh one of my one of our friends and chris you know him uh used to play at Rosie's. Um, who was it? Uh, Jack. You know, Jack, Gregory. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he said the same thing to me uh, a few months ago. Uh, before Corona, he had the same thing. Um, he said uh, to me, I hope he doesn't mind me airing it out. It's not, not a big problem. Uh, one of the venues that he used to work out shut. So he lost a few nights a week and he said, well, I can't really pick any gigs up at the moment in certain areas that I work. So he's like, I can either travel or I can get a job. Uh, I don't know which one he did because I haven't spoken to him since because lockdown. Um, <laughs> but he was like, yeah, he was like, I'm more than happy to, if it means I can do three gigs a week and then work three days and then when a few more gigs come up, I'll pick them up, then fine. But he was like, if not, he was like, I've still got rent to pay. So I think it's yeah. just one of them. Yeah, I get that. I think that is you're absolutely sound thinking like that is absolute sound thinking on both your behalfs but i read an article in i think it was like the guardian and it was interviewing the the tour team so the tour managers and then all the techies and everything yeah or a band and i can't remember the name of the band but if you just type in uh uh band i think uh what was the article just type in like band coronavirus tech stories right and it's like this this big feature length article about how this uh, UK band went over to the States and had the whole team around and they've been touring for two years and obviously it's for these guys that are on the tour the techies the tour manager 
everyone that organizes it that go around with this band i mean they chose that lifestyle they chose to yeah. do that you know they're all intelligent people they're qualified to do it and they chose that uh, conscious decision to choose and do that and touring that thing yeah, so yeah. it's not about the money for these this article is really interesting read it's not about the yeah. money for these guys it's they chose that lifestyle they were doing it for two years and then now they're sat at their flat in wherever and just playing playstation because, yeah sounds about what and, i've been doing and, as well <laughs> and yeah and it's basically they're just thinking well you know was it all worth it like no socializing going over to the america not seeing my friends and family for for months on end you know committing all this time to it earning less money than what i could be doing doing something else but i've chosen to do this because i have a passion for supporting this band and doing what we do and now they're you know yeah. that's their it's 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 uh without exaggerating yeah. it's their life and now they're not doing it and they've got money they've earned money but you know so i think that's why it's difficult for certain people i, I kind of have in, to be the, the, uh, the phantom of the opera here go on because i hear that 100 mm. percent. but it's that's a very specific phase uh fra- phase phrase it's their choice mm. we all only dj because we love it mm. like when mm-hmm. when you're but there's no better feeling in my opinion there's and i have said this on record before with other people but i will say this again genuinely for me and this is going to sound so bad but we'll throw it in anyway uh if you guys have made it this far like get ready for a very big statement here when i play a song at a club that i really really like and didn't think that other people like and you drop the fader and the whole club is singing is better than most of my sexual encounters (laughs) (laughs) and i'm putting this on record i was about to say i was literally about to say yeah i agree with that and then you said the last <laughs> bit. <laughs> like, not every single one. There's been some good ones. Oh. But like, d- 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 like, I was like, like that for me is like one of the pinnacles in life. Mm. Because watching yeah, sure. That's why we five, 800,000 people singing that song. And you really, really like that song. And they love it as well. We and just, you just drop, yeah. like you said, when you drop it and it's like, they're like singing for like, if, if someone sings a song for more than two lines, like full two lines, that's banger. Go on, wait, sorry. Uh, just to cut in, I think, yeah, like what you said, Chris, about it's your choice and perhaps what you've said about how good the feeling is. At the same time, I'm speaking, obviously, full-time DJ, done it for many years. Da, 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 da. It's, yeah, it is my choice. But at the same time, I wouldn't say to a doctor, I know we're not as qualified as doctors. Sorry. Oh, not not far off. Come on. Sorry. <laughs> we're not opening your sector. Find another career to, to do. That's the if you. That's the if, difference. Imagine I, that. I, I kind of understand that. I feel. I feel like I. I live in a bit of a duality between the two. Um, yeah. I, I sort of. I. I do. I do get that. But it's sort of like one of them where it's like we all know. Uh, as people in like the art sector or musical sector or whatever, entertainment is to an extent maybe not so much now, but it is a commodity. It's an extra, like. No one, it's going to sound bad because I don't think it's completely true, but it's sort of, it's like no one needs music to live. Well, as much as I, as much as my life would be really, really shit without it. Let me just interject completely. We spoke about illegal raves and house parties. If yeah. Venues were open. Do you think there'd be illegal raves and house parties? Um, Not as many. There you go. And the 
UK nighttime economy contributes 66 billion, billion with a B, to the, yeah, econ- yeah. To the economy. Oh, so I'm 100% with you on this. So I, I think, I think I've, <laughs> this is what I'm, I think. I think people's argument line is just slightly off because they're almost thinking about it a little bit selfishly. And it's like, well, actually, mm. no. The sort of the wider problem is uh, government are basically just wankers and they've not thought about anything at all. And I've just said, Oh, t- let's just play it by ear, guys. Let's just see what happens. You know, them nights when you're like, when people are like, oh, have you like prepared a set today? And you're like, we'll just see what happens, guys, to be honest. And whatever happens, happens. They've basically just done that. And well, uh, that's obviously not the, great. This is the thing, I think, is obviously, without getting political, the country needs money. Not all the sectors are open that make money. One of the biggest money-making sectors, I think UK nighttime economy is the fifth, fourth or yeah. fifth, in the country of money-making sectors, um, isn't open. It can be done safely. We've seen this with pubs and bars. It can be done. Um, So, you know, putting two and two together, you need the money. We want to make you the money. Oh, let's find a way to do it. Um, This is what I say. My Corona license thing is the way. Because actually they have have trialled a couple of... um, small indie gigs as non-socially distanced events um and they were saying that they were unsuccessful i haven't read the full article on it but there was an article on bbc i was reading about it and they were saying it didn't really stop the the spread of virus particularly um but there, like you said there has to be a way because there's venues there's there's a a, a huge venue in birmingham's three thousand capacity and that is closed well, and will remain closed this is the thing. I think people forget that if nightlife doesn't uh, retain and come back, mm. uh, that doesn't mean you can't go to your local nightclub. That means that Drake concert you want to go to ain't going to come back. Yeah. It, it's all interlinked. It's all intertwined. It's and all mad. Yeah. This could uh, be another pod. It could be another podcast. I think we're starting to go off on tangents anyway. Yeah. Uh, okay. As always. Sorry, guys. Like, I'm announcing my... Uh, election for uh, the labor party in about five minutes (laughs) (laughs) Uh, as always you can find us on spotify apple podcast youtube and we're going to include a link to calm in the um link in the bio Uh, please leave us uh some comments like share subscribe please check out our spotify playlist uh and our youtube playlist it's got all the tracks we spoke about earlier i think that is another classic episode wrapped up unless anyone a real classic episode this is and on that note we will see you next tuesday peace